You're listening to Trot the Egging, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. This week's rugby story is that of a St Helens lad who began with Adelson James and then Blackbrook Royals, forging the pathway to sign for his beloved Saints Rugby League Football Club. A pathway blocked by superstars of the game, he moved on to pastures new to discover his own journey. Worcester Warriors was to become his home until a move to Oral Rugby Union came about. This was to be closer to home. Rotherham Titans was next, but a similar tale was unfolding. Luckily for him, a move to Glasgow Warriors materialised and he loved the game again. He still had a burning desire to play Premiership Rugby and Leeds Tykes was the next move before spending some time at Fylde Rugby Union. A glittering coaching career was on the horizon with Yorkshire RFU, Wasps, Sandbach Rugby Union and currently Sedgley Park. Ladies and gents, Mr Scott Barrow. Follow, like, share, subscribe and endorse us via Facebook, Trot the Eggin, Twitter at Trot the Eggin slash at John Heath, Instagram Trot underscore D underscore Egg underscore in, YouTube Trot the Eggin, LinkedIn John Hetherington and Spotify Trot the Eggin. So how have you been Scott, okay? Yeah, yeah, good, busy, Um, just keeping up... uh... The squad together, getting trying to look at getting uh, new some couple of new faces in, freshen things up a little bit with us going up. Um, but yeah, busy. Um, managed to get a week away in Wales last week, which is good with the family, and you know, never dropped yeah. on with a better better week of weather. Yeah. Uh, oh, than, mate, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was class. It was good. A good good bit of downtime. Uh, but yeah, now ready to uh, to get back at it, mate. To be honest. Yeah, so we'll talk about your promotion a little bit later on, but I can't imagine it's difficult bringing people in, mate, when you're, you're on that upward trajectory, aren't you? And keeping people happy is probably the hardest thing, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's tough. You know, there's there's lads, aspirational lads who I think if we hadn't gone up, we may have lost one or two of those aspirational lads who want to play higher. So, you know, it's good that we have gone up. And with us going up, we might potentially, like Ben Black's retired, um, you know, yeah. Piggy, Piggy's thinking about going back to Rochdale and doing a year there, and that and that's that's the downside of actually going up. But yeah, we, I mean, we're uh, we're recruiting. It's it's harder than they expected it to be, if I'm honest. Just in terms of okay. trying to get lads over the, into the club, and a lot of lads are on more money than what I said to offer. You know, so yeah, in national too. So then you're you're asking them to travel further to a club where, where they don't live by. They're asking to travel further on Saturdays, you know, in London every every other week or at least once a month, uh, you know. So yeah. it's a it's been a bit more tricky than, than I was anticipating, but uh, yeah, we're getting there at the moment. We're not far off now. All right, mate. So before we get stuck into your story, then Scott, where was home for you as a kid, and who lived at home with you? Uh, so St. Helens, uh, just down the road from uh, the old Nosley Road. Uh, I was about. 300 metres away from Nosley Road on Old Day Road with uh, mum, dad and uh, my older brother. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Nosley Road was a, a good place to spend uh, spend your weekends and, you know, it's a good, good area we, we lived in. So, yeah, it was good. Well, she had that big field just outside, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, the, tra- the old training ground yeah. on the front of there. Yeah. We backed onto uh, Dilla South School Field, which was... Massive big field, and you know it's not like it is now. It's all shut up and barriered off now. You know, what I mean, we we had uh, a mate of mine who lived up the road. He had a gate, <laughs> a gate at his back gate went onto the back school field. You know, what I mean, so we was we was either on the uh, Saints front field or was on the back 
backfield at uh, on De La Salle School grounds. But it, well, it was it was Notre Dame West Park before they merged when we when we lived there to start with, and then uh, West Park they merged all on one site. So West Park was empty. So we was rotting around the old school and <laughs> feral feral in the summer holidays, that sort of thing. And, uh, <laughs> Messing about, <laughs> but yeah, you know, was very rarely we wasn't on the backfield playing some sort of sport. Uh, yeah. My brother and some of his mates would be out there, and then there'd be me and my mates. There was um, Paul Wellens, who li- he only lived twelve houses up from me, so we, we grew up together as as kids from uh, from uh, from primary school. You know, we went to St Teresa's together, yeah. and you know, we're uh, still good mates now. Like, right, so. You touched on it a little bit there with your older brother and his mates and your mates. So was the competition start at home and then it transferred onto a field, whether it's football, cricket, rugby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was yeah. quite a lot of that to be fair. We would have we yeah, it was any sport, any sport made it competitive. Um we we it's one of them, you used to leave the house at half eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Let's get out and go and play some sport and then you go in at seven o'clock at night, you're not had a drink, you're not had a that's okay. It's yeah. not like now. You have to take your kids to every camp and <laughs> no, pay for them. No. It's just that's it. uh, it's good times. And we had uh, loads of good lads on, on our on our road, like young family, like lads in and around our age and a little bit older, maybe sometimes. But you just go in the backfield and go yeah. cracking. We'll stick you at rugby and then we'll stick you at football and we'll see how we get on. And yeah, no, mate, it was yeah. good. No, that's it. You'd never go in for your tea. You weren't allowed back out, was you? So you just stay out no, and get your tea in the out. newspaper or something. <laughs> stay out till street lights come on. That used to be us. We'd yeah. We'd in when the street lights come on and we'll get away with it. But yeah, like, like, it was good. We had uh, yeah. There was a brook that run right through the middle of the two fields. So, you know, summer's day would be messing around and uh, throwing each other in and trying to jump it at yeah. as many different spots as possible. See how many, you can, how many times you can jump the brook in a day and not allow Bunkers in it, mate, but it's good. It was good times. Yeah. No, that's what memories are about, aren't they, mate? No mischief, just messing about, playing a bit of sport and throwing each other in the brook. <laughs> so, so how was you introduced to rugby, mate, and where was your first club? Uh, so when it was, it was probably my primary school, really, St. Teresa's uh, Primary School in Devon Street. In Ireland. We, we, like I said, my old brother, they had always had a strong year group and, uh, you know, we watched the, the, as they were... Going through school, they started doing uh, halftime halftime games at uh, Nosley Road, and I remember my brother playing there. And then it was it was actually a headmaster called Mister Higgins, Brian Higgins. His name was. He was a witness fella. He's a witness fella. Yeah. He, he's not with us now, unfortunately, but he, we kept in touch um, all the way through. Is even when we'd left school, he used, we used to send each other Christmas card. Like my mum and dad used to send him a Christmas card. He'd send us a Christmas card all the time. Uh, and he really instilled uh, rugby into the school. Um, there's a, loads of people, loads of lads in my brother's year still play rugby just through Brian Higgins. And then like there's uh, a lot of lads in, in my year group um, all playing, all playing that uh, under 11s town team and that sort of stuff. We didn't really play club till it was about under 12s, maybe. I, I think my brother, well, my brother uh, was playing at Oral St James. And he was, uh, he was, there was a three or four St. Helens lads. Well, there's three St. Helens lads from, uh, there's Ben Alden, a lad called Ben Alden, who's still good friends with my brother, and Kieran Cunningham, the three of them used to go over to put and play at Oral St. James. Um, and that's where I probably got the bug for playing a little bit more there. Uh, Peter Farrell used to let me train with him. So Peter Farrell was my brother's coach. Peter is Andy Farrell's dad. 
So yeah. Pete Barrow used to let me, I'd only been 11 probably, 10, 11, and he used to let me train with my brother's team for the first 20 minutes, just touch and pass, you know what I mean? But even if it was yeah. outside, I was in the gym, I used to let me train with them all the time. And I, I used to really love it. If I couldn't go or I had something else on me, mum would let me go, whatever. I used to kick off. I used to love love going and playing <laughs> with all the lads. So and then we as we got to under 12s, 13s then, we there was five or six of us who were playing town team together. And you play town team under 11s, don't you? So yeah, together under 11s. And there, was, there wasn't many playing at clubs. There was a couple at St. Anne's Crusaders. There was a couple at Brook. But Brook didn't really have a... A, a squad so six five or six of us went over to Oral St James at about under 12s and we all started playing there and then we got to under 13s we got back together as a town team and it was yeah. it seemed a bit strange six of us over there and it was like four or five good lads at, at, uh, at Crusaders and it was like right and we got everyone to go to Brook then so we all went to Blackbrook right. at age under like 13s 14s and we stayed there then till so we finished playing together under 16s. But yeah, we, we had a cracking team. We used to have you know, St. Pat's and, you know, you'd have yeah. all you do is with, with St. Pat's lads and, and St. Jude's lads. And then you'd play them in the town team stuff. And then, you know, yeah. those lads you still, I still speak to, like the um, Dwayne West and Farrell twins, uh, you know, they, they're still, yeah. still speak to them. And they're sort of, you play against them. Under 16s, then in the in the academies, you start you're still playing against them. You know it's good, enjoyable, yeah. enjoyable time. We had a really strong squad at at Blackbrook, and you know quite a lot of quite a lot of lads, like eight and nine lads, probably signed at other club, at professional clubs from there on. Really, yeah. And so when when you play a town team, mate, was there a selection process, and you had to go all through that through your school? Yeah, you know, I don't remember the process. I don't remember the yeah. being the out and out process, but I think you just got asked to go to sc- from school. You got invited, or I don't know if you got invited down, or the school nominated you, and then you play, you you played some, or you trained together, and they picked. Yeah, it I don't think there was actually a a trial game as such. Um, yeah, from town team, then you'd sort of try and get into South Lanks. And then from South Lancs, you try and get to Northwest Counties. Now, as a youngster, 13, 14, I missed out on all the rep stuff, really. I didn't really, I wasn't uh, wasn't playing well enough for, I was just a bit too young, a bit too small at that point. I didn't really get into any rep stuff till, till I was a bit later, 16, 17, that sort of age. But yeah, you know, I think uh, the town team stuff was was class. I really enjoyed the, the town team bits. Yeah. What was your transition into high school, Scott? How did you find school? Um, I I, re- I really enjoyed school, and you know, if my kids ever listen to this, I, I should have done more at school yeah. in terms of uh, education wise. I just I just love being there. I love the crack with the lads. I love the sport. I love every sport you could think of. I enjoyed doing it. Break lunch anytime I could get yeah. doing anything. I was just I was into my sport all the time, and I didn't really take it too seriously, which I should have done a little bit more. You know, when you yeah. when you, you think God. I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't difficult. I wasn't difficult to to teach. Like I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't naughty. I didn't get detentions. I didn't get it. I just used to do very little work because I was thinking about picking teams for football at lunchtime and you know just stuff. Uh, like, yeah. You're just not concentrating and you're just having the crack. It. You know. No. I loved it. Lo- loved. Loved secondary school. Yeah. Got some real close mates still fr- from from that time. You know, and you you just you end up. When we get together, like we have a, we have a good laugh about some of the daft things we're doing, like in 
form period and if you yeah. used to throw a throw a pair of gloves around if you dropped them three times you, you used to have run under a tunnel you used to have everyone lean on the wall you'd have crawled through yeah. the tunnel you'd boot it, you'd get bullied <laughs> like just stuff like that mate it was, it was classic yeah <laughs> yeah we had a riot uh, and like I said we weren't we weren't bad lads we just we just didn't do it well I didn't do it as much work as I should have done but yeah no I really enjoyed my secondary school secondary school yeah, and position-wise, mate, what was you playing as a kid? Uh, I was uh, playing 13 uh, in league, played a lot of 13 in league, and then six, really. I was playing 13, six quite a lot. Uh, yeah. Union, I was playing. We, we, at De La Salle, we, we played uh, played both, played league and union, so I played 10, standoff in, in union, and then played yeah. six for school, and then 13 for Blackbrook. So I was playing playing across, really, the back row and half-backs, really, generally. Um, yeah. you know, we had a we had a, about five or six lads who were at Blackbrook at De La Salle in the school team, and then we managed uh pick, picked a couple of other lads. Like we had a strong school team. We played rugby yeah. union back then. We played rugby union as it was rugby league. You know what I mean? We just we had no rocks. We just yeah. kept all alive and just played really good, some really good rugby. But we, when we got to the latter end of competitions like the Daily Mail Cup and that sort of stuff, we we we. We didn't manage to to take over because we didn't have the rugby union now. So you know what I mean? We didn't like kept the yeah, driving get found out, out with the intricacies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got found out by some of the big schools. I mean, we beat like we beat Hutton Grammar. We used to smash Stonehurst all the time. Manchester Grammar, all those like private schools. We used we used to just yeah. play rugby league, but come away with it. Like we won sevens sevens competitions, mate. We we were blowing them away just because yeah. no much low good skill level fitted anything. We yeah, we just used to. Used to run away with the, with the uh, with that sort of stuff, but yeah, now played both at school. Really enjoyed both. Um, yeah. it probably came to it where I, I had to make the choice when I was like fifteen. Yeah, I would have been fifteen signing at Saints. So um, I got uh, taken up to Saints quite a bit. I always watched them as a kid. You know, watched uh, the era where it was like Sonny Nickel, Kevin Ward, you know, those sort of Shane Cooper, Tira Party, those sorts of people. We'd yeah. never miss a game then. And then I was about 15 and uh, it was Paul Wellens' dad, Harry, who was a, a scout for Saints. Um, he took me up to, to, to Saints into the uh, director's lounge and that after a game and I was all these Saints players walking past was made up like chuffed a bit, but uh, I, I didn't know at the time. He was just like, yeah, come, come and have a look and have a look around. I didn't really put two and two together that they were thinking about talking to me. And then I did it a couple of times and then uh, he said, bring your dad and we'll have a chat. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, here we go. Something's going on here. But yeah, no, I was, so I'd have been for, and, uh, probably, probably end of 14, turning 15 at that point. Um, yeah, no, it's, it was a good time with uh, in terms of what we what we were doing is on the rugby field. We were, we were, I was really enjoying my rugby playing both codes. Yeah, and has it been something that come natural to you playing in a spine position and organising and put, get, getting the ball in your hand as much as you can, mate? Is that something you enjoyed as a kid? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, my, my brother was lightning fast, like lightning fast. I could never, he, I couldn't get even get close to him as a kid, and he was always rapid. And I knew I was never. I didn't quite have that gas, so I, I thought I'm going to have to have something else here. And I, I you know, I picked up yeah. my, my skill level was, was always been pretty good. Uh, deception with the ball, and you know, having runners off me and being able to put people through holes and and taking defenses on was was probably uh, 
what I was best at. But yeah, I love ball in hand. I think that's why I like both both codes because I was in positions where I could dominate the ball, I could dominate, you know, yeah. the outcomes, and I'd have more more time on the ball. And people always when you when you little people say, "Oh, you seem like you've got loads of time on the ball," and you seem like you know, like you really understand the game. But it's just I don't know. I think it was just being around it so much as a, as a youngster and playing it on the field, and like I said, playing like even that twenty minutes with lads who are three or four years older than me and my brother's team when I was 10, 11, 12, you know, you, you sort of still just getting that, getting used to the ball in the hand and, yeah, and being playing under pressure was good. Yeah, and did you play the same way as a 13? Because the game at loose forward now has drastically changed, but it, it seems to be going back to the old school way now, doesn't it, where it's more a ball carrier than a pivot? Yeah, where probably yeah. fans probably changed that, didn't they, a little bit? And then... Yeah. Off yeah. the back of that comes the, the change of role. Yeah, I, do you know what I didn't? I, I used to play thirteen. I used to, I did used to carry more. I used to see myself as more more of a carrier, um, and then let the halfbacks like dictate where whereabouts were carrying and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I probably probably did carry a little bit more at thirteen. But yeah, when I was when I when I sort of got two Saints and I, I was in a, a six role a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I just started. I dominated the possession and where we wanted to play and I was always talking I, I ended up being captain of the academy quite early at uh, 16 probably going I'd just turned 17 I was captain of the under 19s and then um, started playing A team stuff um, and then yeah I was captain under it I was captain of the second of the A team at that at that point it was you know like we had like yeah. sort of you know Vila Mataltia playing in there and you know as an 18 player as an 18 year old you know, skipper like so yeah I've always, yeah. always found myself in, in those in those roles really Right um, when people are saying you seem to have lots of time on your hand with the ball which call did you feel that was more the case in? because the standoff position is similar yet so different isn't it in, bo- <laughs> yeah. in both worlds really Yeah so when, when in uh, in in league, I found I had loads of time, it, and well, it felt like time when you're in league because the bit that bit further back, and uh, you yeah. know, if you get a quick play of the ball, you're you're putting pressure on them, you know that sort of stuff. It, in union, I played a lot at, at twelve. I moved yeah. to twelve just once. Well, once I moved from away from Saints, I went back into union. I, I started a little bit at thirteen, and then I moved, I moved into twelve, and then. I found that was probably where I could get the similar timing. I could get a little bit deeper and get an early ball off off the nine or off the ten, and then I could start yeah. having a little bit of time. But yeah, like you said, the, the ten is under under more pressure in, in union certainly than uh, than it's in, than in in league. Like your halfback, you, you tend to get time to drift across and maybe put put a few switches in or whatever. Yeah. But in union, you, you you're not getting that time really. So yeah, <laughs> you're getting clattered on suspicion, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, kicking game. Yeah. The kicking game wasn't good enough for uh, for uh, an out and out ten in Union, really. So uh, yeah, I ended up playing quite a bit of twelve. Yeah, and what did you want from your nine, mate? In rugby league, was you happy if he jumped, or did would you dictate that on what you were play, playing, what you're seeing, basically? Yeah, yeah, I would dictate that on on the sort of flow of our breakdown. So if if yeah. we were slow rock, I'd be happy for him to jump, stop a marker, give it to a forward, yeah. and then if my forward carried. Really hard. Then I'd I'd be on the back of that, and I'd say to them, "I'd give me early," and then I'd push. So yeah, I'd push play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play right, push. because 
that sort of come into to union a bit more now, mate. Yeah. The, the nine jumping on it and yeah. and encouraging like we call it a guard man Scott, don't we? So it'd be like the closest man to the rock. Yeah. If you can stand, if you can stand your guard and your your bodyguard, your A and B defender up. Yeah. You've opened a big channel there for a carrier, aren't you? Yeah, so yeah. like that is creeping into the game, mate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, you, you see uh like Northampton do it all the time. Like one of the best attacking teams this season, Northampton. And yeah. third nine, Mitchell gets in and he's he's running. Like he's in, he's picked the ball up. They might only have had one guy clear out and he's in and he's running and he's picking passes and everyone's just sits down, don't they? Because as soon as you see the nine, yeah, they've nibbled. Running, yeah, just gets everyone to sit down, and then you know you you're into the into the attack, and yeah, like you say, it is it is creeping in more and more. I think. Yeah, and how did you as a kid? How did you fluctuate between the courts? Were you quite comfortable doing it? Yeah, I think like I said, we 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 played a lot of sort of rugby league players in in uh, yeah. in our rugby uni school team. You know what I mean? Our school team was. Was predominantly made up of, of league lads anyway, so yeah, we was all right. We we didn't we didn't get too bobbed down with uh, the intricacies really, and that, like I say, we that's why we got come unstuck a little bit in some of the big games. But yeah, no, we managed to get to some semi-finals and quarter-finals and big games of uh, national national leagues, national cup cup matches. Like so, yeah, it was, yeah, didn't find it too difficult. Right, and then once you committed to Saints, is that when the rep stuff followed? Then, mate, when you're in that sort of full-time environment? Yeah, so, well, when I was still at school, I'd signed at Saints, and it was like, oh, yeah. right, what's next? And then I was trying to get into England, England 17s, England under-16, schoolboy England, rugby union under-16s. Yeah. Um, and then I was supposed to go for trial, and I just basically got told not not to bother because they knew I'd signed at rugby league. They just said... Oh, All right, OK. So it was, uh, yeah, don't don't bother. So I didn't okay. know, which was disappointing, you know, you, you still yeah. you want to represent your country at any level, don't you, if you can. And, uh, yeah, it was disappointing not, not to get that opportunity. But, um, yeah, I went into into the league stuff. And, uh, yeah, the rep stuff had started playing for North West Counties and that sort of stuff in, in rugby league. And then um, <clears throat> get, get to Saints Academy, it was pretty quick, really. From sixteen, like we, as I left school, we went and uh, we went to. I was a super league trainee. They called it an SLT. So there, uh, there's a guy, Nick Alafia, who who was uh, who looked after me. Actually, he was he was a good he was a good boss to have at the time. Um, he just kept me grounded. But he, he left. We left school, and there was eight of us started on this trainee. Uh, it's like an apprenticeship, basically. But it was an apprenticeship where. You you rocked up on a Monday morning and you you'd be clean you'd clean the stands you'd clean the stadium after a Saints game on a Sunday afternoon you you'd be out blower on your back scooping all the all the uh, litter up getting all the bin bags in getting all that done then you'd do half a day with the ground staff it was Neil Olden and uh, the staff then so you used to do half a day on the ground then then Tuesday would come and then you you do a little bit of uh, coaching in schools in the morning. And then next thing, bang, you're in, you're training with the first team. Like you, there's eight of us dropped in, you're in training with the first team. So, you know, you've got like, again, so like, Iroh, New Love, Sullivan, you know, Apollo, these sorts of lads, all the training, Kieran, 
and then you're in the session, right? You, you've not got time to think about it. Then the session finishes, they all go home, you collect all the boots in, take them to the boot room. Uh, to be fair, we didn't have to clean the boots, which was a good thing, but we had to clean the balls and get everything ready for the day after. And then you go and do your weights. And, you know, so, and that was, it was like full-time rugby, but you was grafting on a Monday, you'd be coaching on a Tuesday, it, training the rest of the week. Um, and, it, you know, it, it was definitely fast-tracked me because yeah. I seen where, where I wanted to be pretty early. Um, so obviously working hard to get to that point. And then, you know, I, within, I don't know, 12 months, I was probably, I was in and around the, the first team and, Making a, making my debut at a young age and um, playing a lot of A team stuff, so it definitely fast tracked me. Um, and the other lads as well. The, the, you know, there was a good good group of lads who, who who we got together and ended up good mates. To be fair, I'm strolling round in them trunkies and that going shopping in your trunky and stuff. <laughs> With the vest, <laughs> the vest as well though. Vest yeah. On. yeah, yeah, probably vest on, but yeah, I mean, like I say, fast tracked us and we. We we were training full to, like with internationals like Saints at that point. Yeah, well. so many internationals there. Like you couldn't have a single shit training session. Like you can't be poor in training because you just you'll not be allowed to train the day after. You know what I mean? It was it was brutal, but yeah. you know, and it pushed us on really. Like quite a few of us out of that group then started. It was myself and Tony Stewart. Um, we started, we got selected for England 19s at that point, uh, Great Britain under 19s. I, Tony was a year above me, so I played Great Britain 19s uh, for two years in, 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 a, in a row. Uh, and Mike Gregg, uh, not, no longer with us, but Mike Gregg, who was our, yeah. uh, our coach then, and he was 18 coach at Saints, and then he was he was Great Britain 19s coach, and he, he took me in on both, both years, really. And uh, second year, I ended up, being skipper for him as well. So, you know, we had a really strong squad uh, both years, really. We, first year was like the likes of Lee Radford, Stuart Field, and uh, yeah. Paul, Paul Deacon, Steve Allen, still good friends. Johnny Clark, he was, he was hooking, you know, that we had those sorts of lads. And the year after, it was, it was myself. Uh, I, was, I was skipper with, we had Wello, Paul Wellens was in there, Dwayne West. Yeah. Uh, Gaz Carvel, Leon Price, I'm trying to think who else, uh, Kev Simfield would have been in there as well. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So the rep stuff come thick and fast, it was good. We played uh, France in some very heated, uh, heated games. Um, there's a bit of a scrap after the game, walking through the tunnel. Uh, Tim Yonkers, remember Tim Yonkers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timmy, we walked through the tunnel and they're clapping us off and Timmy Yonkers got banged, split his lip completely open, all kicking off, and we ran into the chair. We had to stop in the changing rooms for about 45 minutes. Everyone got changed and we were trying to leave and there's people banging on the door waiting for us to come out and stuff. Like, <laughs> Under 18. Yeah, yeah. Over in France, that, like, it was, yeah. was absolutely mayhem. Uh, so, yeah. It's no. some breeding ground, that, though, Scott, isn't it? When you, when you look at that team, you're in and around. Yeah. Like, you've gone from playing... A good school level, a good yeah. uh, and even better club level, which you probably noticed a slight difference. Then you've jumped into captain in academy, which is a bigger step again. Yeah. And then you're playing air team, all while training with like let's not lie, superstars. Yeah. You're a local lad, like you're living the dream at the minute, aren't you? And yeah, mate. Yeah, it, mate. It was good. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the time there. You, you know, you, then you got Longy and Scully coming through there. You got Kieran. 
And that's probably where at that point the I was at Saints and it was like they 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 wanted me to stay, but I knew well they offered me next to next to nothing. I was probably getting to 20. I was 19 turning 20. And I was at like a, a point where I'm not going to play much here because you got yeah. Longy, Kieran and Scully in the... I was playing a bit of hooker at the time as well. So the halfbacks, loose forward, Tommy Martin, you know, these guys in there. They were like Longy, Kieran and Scully were there for another 10 years after I left, you know what I mean? So, you know, back there, originally at the time, I was, I was devastated with the contract offer and I just knew that it was, it was elsewhere. I'd have to start because I was... You know, trying to earn a decent living at that point, 20 years of age, yeah. trying to uh, maybe think about moving out of home and stuff. But it was at the time I was devastated. But when you look back now, you think, well, if if I was in their position, I'd have probably done exactly the same because I wasn't going to overtake those guys and they were on massive cash and I'm hardly going to play. So they just give yeah. me enough to try and keep me around, sort of thing. So, you know, it, it, like I said at the time, it was devastating. But yeah, you, you, you know, you learn from it and we moved on then. Luckily, I managed to uh, move to Rugby Union, back to Rugby Union with, uh, with Worcester. That was that was strange how that came about because I was at, uh, when I was doing the apprenticeship stuff at Saints, we ended up, there was, uh, I don't know if it was the RFL or it was some sort of scheme where they were trying to get rugby up and running in the Midlands, rugby league up and running in the Midlands a little bit. So they, so they set up like a, a twin club. So Saints were, were, twinned with Worcester to, to start getting a rugby club going up there. So it was called the Worcester Saints. And I ended up, oh, we went down for a week and I was coaching with Nick Alfie and some of the other lads who, who were on the course. And uh, I just said, look, I, I'm going to miss out on loads of training here because I'm doing coaching or I'm missing a full week's training. Anyway, Nick Alfie yeah. knew somebody at Worcester Rugby Union and he said, um, I've got a lad here. Can he come and, who wants to train? Can he come and use the gym and, and you know train and do some, some skill stuff with you just to just to keep keep his hand in really because he's, he's missing out on uh, a week and a half training sort of thing. Anyway, so trained trained with Worcester Warriors at the time. They were in the championship, and I just you know didn't think out of it. Trained right sound, brill back out coaching in the afternoon. Slept, went in, trained, did gym. Trained with them, back out coaching in the afternoon. Did that for a week, went up. Anyway, about two weeks later, Jeff Cook, who was the head coach there, he coached England previously. He was, he was at Worcester. Yeah. Jeff Cook uh, got in touch with me and just said, "Look, if you ever uh, if you ever think about leaving and moving to Rugby Union, just give me a shout and let me know. You know, I, I've seen you training. I, I like what you what you're about. And you know, just let me know." So I didn't think out of it at the time. It was probably yeah. eight months before any any of this other stuff had happened, you know. So I was still, my head was in science and my heart was in science and I didn't think I'd ever be yeah. losing it at that point, probably. Yeah. So, oh, that's really nice to know, thanks. Didn't think out of it. But then when the when the, when the time came and, you know, we got to the end of the contract and I was like, oh, don't really want to play rugby league for anybody else. Like, I was, I was that Saints mad, like from yeah. five years of age, watching Mom and Inga in 85, like it all the way through to 20 years of age, I was like, I, I don't want to play. I don't want to play against Saints for starters. I don't yeah. know what else really is. So what do we do? But anyway, there was, there was clubs interested. I could have gone to Cass, Wakey. I was speaking to other clubs at the time, but, you know, just 
I didn't really, uh, didn't really fancy it to be honest. So I thought, you know what, let's do a full change. Let's have a let's have a crack. And I enjoyed rugby union anyway. Uh, so yeah. Let's do that. It's a complete change, and I don't have to play against Saints, so I'll go go and play rugby union. <laughs> so that's was it. I, was it tricky leaving an environment like that where like the famous wide to west moment because you're around the club then, aren't you? And the real the real yeah, buzz yeah. about it. And like yeah. you said, you are. A local lad, like what else would a St. Helens lad want to do? Yeah, no, mate. To be fair, with, with the wide to west, it's it's a good job. I didn't get, get the right toss of the coin that night. <laughs> me, and, uh, me and Westy turned up. We, it was a semi final that and me and Westy turned up and they didn't know who they were going to put on the bench between me and Westy, right? So he says, right. So he's, Ian Millwall goes, Boys, I don't know which way I'm going to go here, but I think I'm going to go with Westy. And I was like, like raging, just thinking, all right, yeah, fine, no worries. Anyway, 18th yeah. man, I couldn't have been happier, you know what I mean? Like, we're all yeah. wide to west. I'm thinking, God, if you'd have passed it me, I'd have got tackled into touch and <laughs> game over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, good news, good, good thing went with Westy that day. And then yeah. the final come round, and it was the shoe was on the other, other foot then for Westy, you know, he was out, but we both turned up again, and he was like, yeah. look. Kieran Cunningham's struggling with a tight hamstring. He's going to have to come off 10 minutes before half time. He's going to have to have a deep massage. And then he's going to have to have his, uh, 10 minutes before half time. And then half time, he's going to come back on. And so he's saying, Scott, you're going to, going to go on 30 minutes. On 30 minutes, you're going to go on for 10 minutes and you're going to come off at half time. He said, That's the plan. Like, you're in the squad. That's the plan. And I was I was chuffed a bit, you know, grand final, all traffic, yeah. med all over the place. Westy, poor lad, got us to the semi final, devastated. Uh, he was devastated yeah. he wasn't involved, but it, you know, he, he it's one of those things, and it's professional sport, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, Kieran won't come off 30 minutes in. No, <laughs> going, no, no, I'm not coming off, and I'm going, I've got no top on. I'm going, get me yeah. anyway. He didn't come off, and I didn't get on, so that was uh, you know, it may I bought me new, bought uh, a Rover 214 with uh. With my prize money, that was made. The money, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> because it, yeah, it must be difficult to like turn your back on that. Yeah, like, mate, I appreciate you your pathway was close, Scott. Like, like pure international caliber players that aren't even really in the peak yet. Yeah, and you must have been looking, thinking, "There's no channel into nine, there's no channel into six, yeah, or seven for that matter." Yeah, and then yeah. and definitely not at thirteen. Like, unless you're going to compromise and get the old day league game yeah, or yeah. a challenge cup game against yeah, without yeah. being rude lower opposition. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it'd have been. So, you know, and I don't re- I don't regret leaving at that particular junction. You know, I don't think uh I don't think I don't regret moving into rugby union because rugby union's been really good for me as well. You know, I think I'm a, a, yeah. a better coach and I think I've turned into a better player. Uh, just, just from that experience of rugby union and getting stuck into rugby union, but yeah, it was difficult. Don't get me wrong, it sobbed me out when when I when I realised that was it at the end of it. The, the homecoming, the homecoming after the grand final, we're on Nosey Road pitch and we're walking around with a cup and I couldn't speak. I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy it. I was just crying out. Like, lads coming up to me saying, "Enjoy it, get have a beer." I'm just like. I've gone like I'd completely gone, but yeah, yeah. Now it's one of those things. It come to an end, and you know. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change any of it. It was. Uh, it was fabulous. Yeah. You know, I got a good grounding. Got to work and train with some like Chris Joint, Iro. You know, these new love those sort of, sorts of lads. Just unbelievable players. Bobby Gilding was was in there. 
Uh, I played with Bobby quite a bit he, when I he come, first come in. He was played a bit of eighteen with him as well, and he's yeah. got the Queen Queen blasting out on his headphones. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good. There's some good characters, some good yeah. people along the way as well. You know, so yeah. um, you know, I want I want to change it. Um, but like I said, yeah, rugby union has been good to me. So yeah, no, it's a brave call from a young lad. So when when you get in touch with. Worcester than that is it something that happens really quick mate and you're straight yeah. into it yeah yeah it was it was really quick he's I, I want to come well we want you here let's get you down here mate. but at that point in 2000 it had been November 2000 they'd only just been in uh, professional rugby like four or five years you know what I mean I, yeah I remember one of my first games I, I, I went straight in to the first team squad and everyone didn't realise how old I was. I was still, I think I was still 19. Yeah, I was still 19. And uh, I just went straight into the first, te- first team squad because it's in like quality sort of thing. So straight into the first team squad, trained, played, uh, uh, played a couple of uh, second team games at 13 and then ended up playing uh, playing a game. Um, and it was like, we went to Otley away and then we gets in, played the game. I'm thinking, standard, some lads just can't catch and pass. You know, I'm thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? Gets in the changing room, gets in the shower after it. Well, there's a bath, big old bath at Otley. Yeah. Lads with a, with a can and a sig, like big bath. And I'm going, <laughs> what's going on here? I'm all too far. I'm like, what are you doing, lads? Honestly, you can't do that. And they're like, yeah. but these lads had. They'd been in the amateur game, and they were they were like the older ones coming out of yeah. uh, coming out at the other end of. They were they were professional, yeah. They were getting paid to play, but they were still yeah. massive old school mentality. Yeah, uh, yeah, old school. And you know what? It, it, they, they were great lads. They were cracking lads, like. And uh, yeah, but yeah, the transition was, in terms of rugby, I think it was it was a good level for me to get used to back playing. At, at rugby union at a, a good level um yeah. but you, you know the, the skill level in some of the internationals i've been around it, it was you know you different in training that sort of stuff but again we we started at worcester they were signing tongan internationals and they had some uh, ex-england internationals who you know who were good players and had in their own right you yeah. know and ben clark and uh there was uh earl var earl var was a 10 who was really skillful 10 like he was only Stocky Samoan kid, but uh, he, he was he was incredible with the ball, like in his hands or drop it on his foot, you know, like in full flight. You know, some some like I said, some really good players in Worcester in and around Worcester at that time. But I've got I had some class friends as well. I've still got uh, yeah. Gary Truman, Chris Evans, uh, Dan Zaltzman. You know, th- those those lads who I sort of lived with at that point. Like they were old, they were a bit older than me. Um, but yeah, mate, they're still class, still really good friends with them. And, you know, we try and meet up once a year. Well, I say that they give me stick for not getting up to Edinburgh now. We we used to go to Edinburgh on a February on a Six Nations game. Um, now, now, when we was, when I was playing, Six Nations would be, you know, you get the weekend off, but when you coaching, are you coaching in national leagues? They're still playing, aren't yeah. they? I mean, like, so, yeah, yeah. So I get his stick every, oh, yeah. Yeah, Baz's not coming again. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> stick for it. But yeah, no, mate. Uh, it was it was a big transition. Um, mm. I'm not lie. And you know, I, I, my probably 
my only regret at that point in, in, in my career is probably not staying at Worcester another couple of years. So I went, okay. I went when jo- Jeff Cook uh, obviously took me down there. He liked what I was doing. I was playing 13, played quite a few games the first season. Uh, and then they, they basically they wanted to go up and it, they didn't go up. So he got the boot and they brought uh, a guy called John Braden from Gloucester. And he was old school. He was set piece. They brought a massive 12 in. Uh, called Chris Yates, who'd been at Sale and and played uh, at Gloucester. Big, big boy, good, good, good bloke. Like, but it was just carry. It was nine man sort of rugby. I was trying to organise different plays and put players on and offload. And he just sort of said to me, mm, "Yeah, you're not really for me." Like, so stuck it out for a, a few months, and then I went to. I said, I went in. They said, "Oh, you can go to Stalbridge on loan." I said, "Well." There's a team up the road from where my mum and dad's is at Oral. I can go back home. I can play for Oral. Could I just do that for, for well, I said three months originally. Um, and they said, right, yeah, well, what we'll do is, yeah, all right, we'll do it for three months. So I went up there, playing National 2, it would have been then, but that would have been, it would have been National 1, but yeah, yeah. third level. Yeah. Uh, playing third level. Then I went up there, played really well, first couple of games. Um, really enjoyed it. Got got on with all the lads. Knew a couple of them through my brother and uh, some of his older mates. And then kept going back down to Worcester, taking me VHS with me. Yeah. <laughs> Handed them a game. They'd watch the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Anyway, they signed it. They brought a backs coaching called Andy Keast, who would... Uh, He'd done some British Lion stuff, and he, he'd been he'd been at Bath. I think he I think he might have been at London Irish at the time, or he might have gone to London Irish after Worcester. But he he uh, he watched a couple of my games. He phoned me and said, "What you do, what, what are you doing up there?" I said, "Well, I've got another couple of months." I said, "Well, he'd done a month." He's like, "Yeah, mate, but what you're the best? You've been the best player on the pitch for the last three games. What, why are you up there?" I said, "Well, I spoke to John Brown, and John doesn't." really think I've got anything to offer. I'm not part of his plans. And he's like, right, tell Oral he's done. You're back. You're coming back. And I was like, I've got another two months. He's like, nah, mate, you're done. You're back. Within three days, back living down in Worcester, started playing, like, back in the fold, back in the mix, playing. He, he was a, he was a harsh, harsh coach. Like, in terms of standards and drop balls and, you know, stuff like that, he was, he was into, into lads like... Um, obviously, like me, I was on his good side, so I was all right. But he, he, he crippled a few lads in terms of confidence-wise and that sort of stuff. But um, I was straight back into it. Anyway, as the season went on, I, I was coming to the end. I'd only signed like 18 months, the end of the Super League season, that, that following season, and then one more. Yeah. Um, and then Oral were into me then. So they were like, we're going to get promoted. We want you back up here. And I was like, oh, not sure, not sure, not sure. Anyway. Not so much the money, that sort of thing, but Worcester and I was in and out. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I knew I wasn't in the head coach's plans. You know what I mean? I, I'd gone back. Yeah. The backs coach had took me in. Um, and then at Oral, they were like, "Mate, get you in here. You'll start. You'll play. We're gonna we're gonna go up into the same league as what Worcester's in, which was the old championship. We'll, we'll get you involved here." Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Money was money was much of a muchness, pretty much the same. And then I went to Oral and I got talked to Oral and I, partly because I enjoyed being being back at home. Um, yeah. And, you know, with, with your mates again, aren't you? And you're back home and 
you know, my, my girlfriend's up there and she was she was at Union Leeds at the time, but you know, we uh she'd come home or whatever, and it was just easier to yeah. keep go in, that sort of stuff. So anyway, I went to Oral. Um and we had some two cracking seasons. We had some great players. We had some. We had a great, uh, great group of lads, all of a similar age, like twenty to twenty six. No, no ties. No, no commitments. No, like just a load of good lads just ripping yeah, it. Play our party out. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Mate, but we, we, mate, we, we're, we're on good money per match plus a, plus a salary, and we, I think we only lost six matches in two seasons. Like we lost. For the first season to the second, but the first season I went up there, Worcester went up, and then changed coach, and they got a bit better. And I was the, like, I always look back at that point. Should have stayed one more year at Worcester, you know what I mean? Just to yeah, downside because well, Steve Whelan pulls his money out, then you think, oh, I've been stitched here, like exactly, yeah. Uh... But uh, at the time, I just I was up, I was really undecided about what to do. Um, I just yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things where you think I probably, for one regret, I probably should have stayed another year at Worcester. But in the same breath, I bought my first house uh, in St. Helens, bought a terraced house in St. Helens and, you know, managed to furnish it with my match money and that sort of stuff. So in terms of like... It's a life changer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, we cracked on. Oral then went bust. Uh, We went to... The head coach at Oral took seven of us over to Rotherham. And uh, we we're sat in a changing room before our first game, pre-season game against Ulster. And there was a rumour that um, the, the owner, Mike Yarlett, had tried to sell us to a South African consortium. And they were going to take the club and move it to London. Anyway, they are a few kiboshed it. And then Mike Yarlett, who at the time was the owner, said, well, he pulled his money out um the head coach comes into us we're sat in the Don Valley Stadium in the changing rooms the head coach comes in and says uh right lads just letting you know RFU have kiboshed the consortium uh who's going to try and buy uh my Alice pull his money out we're playing Ulster in an, in an hour and a half you still want to play <laughs> yeah oh, that. is anybody insured they're like nah we're like right not playing knock on the Ulster door yeah. changing room lads Sorry, we're not playing. We're going out around Sheffield if you fancy it. Yeah, all right. Everyone went out around. <laughs> yeah. Like two clubs in six weeks, that. And then obviously you, oh, see it's mad. you see what's happening. Yeah, at the yeah. moment and you know, you just feel for those people. I've been I've been in the boat as a coach as well now with Wasps, you know. It, yeah. You just you, you always it's the whole pot kills, you know what I mean? Like it's always yeah. what kills. You think, you know what? Somebody might just buy us at the eleven. Just another week, another week. Yeah. Might just somebody might just somebody might just and it's boom. And then when the London Irish come out about well, it's last month, wasn't it? And they hadn't been paid and only paid fifty yeah. percent. I thought, I know where this is going here. Like yeah, many times. Even when I was at Wasps, I wasn't one of the shot ones at Wasps now. But in that room, in that dining room at Wasps, I've never seen so many grown grown men crying. Mate, honestly, yeah. it, unbelievable. And I, I was just like said this before, like I know, I know it sounds I don't know, it just don't sound no empathy there, but I, I had loads of empathy with everyone what I've got what was going on, but I just had a feeling that was gonna happen because it's happened to me as a player yeah. a couple of times, you know. Now it's happened as a coach and you think, you just 
you shock you like you, you, it never shocks me anymore but uh, the london irish thing's ridiculous as well you know i just don't no, know it's madness mate yeah it's madness it's i don't know do, does it not the stuff in area as a player that does because like you're not in rugby for the politics are you no you're in it simply because you love it and then the money helps but yeah yeah no i agree i think uh at that point i'm like right what am i doing here now like yeah. I think I'm done with rugby. And then it was, you know, a few tough weeks. We thing was we trained six weeks at Rotherham, hadn't been paid. Oh no, sorry, I think I, I was one of the few there was a few lads got paid, and I don't know why. I don't know if it was alphabetical or whatever, but I think I, I was <laughs> one of the few that got paid. Mate, there was lads there who'd put like eight, nine grand of the savings down on a flat in Rotherham, you know what I mean? And then yeah, in the last six weeks they haven't been paid, and they've lost the, and they've got to pay for this flat, and they can't get the deposits back, and they can't get the the money back they've put down on a on a new build and all this. It was okay. It was absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then it, oh, what I can't remember what I think it. I hadn't been, I'd, I'd been paid, so it was all right for a few weeks, but then I started thinking, right, I'm gonna have to get a job here, see what's about, or we're gonna start. Uh, Took a couple of credit cards out because my credit score. Yeah, yeah. Right, so I thought, right, I'll take a couple of credit cards out, see what happens. Anyway, uh, Andy Craig, a mate of mine, who uh, I played at Oral with, uh, Scotland International, he, he, he had gone to Glasgow and uh, he, he basically phoned me and said, mate, what are you doing? He said, I can't believe what's happened to you again. I said, man, I don't, oh, well, I don't know. He said, look, I might be able to, we, we're in need of a centre and who can cover fullback. And I said, oh, I, oral, I used to play centre, um, but I'd play well. I'd play centre, but I'd defend at full back sometimes. Just okay. I don't know. I don't know how it comes about. Yeah. Well, uh, oh no, I, I, that was it. Phil Jones. Phil Jones used to play ten, and I'd I'd play full back and defend at ten. That's what would happen. Yeah, I'd play full back and defend at ten, and F Phil Jones would. Uh, okay. like, so I knew how to play full back. I played centre, and Craig, he said. I reckon you, you might be all right here, you know. If, if come up and have a get, uh, you got. He said you have to do a couple of weeks trial. I said right, all right. Who, who playing? So I was like, we're playing Sale at home and away. Sharks. I was like, all right, yeah, get, get me in. Yeah. I went up there on the flew. I flew up on a Thursday from Manchester to Glasgow, and I played. I did a team run Friday, and I played on the Saturday against. Uh, sales sharks. I come off the bench. I had the best thirty minutes I think I've ever had. I just couldn't do anything wrong, mate. We we were, we were getting nilled at the time. It was like nineteen nil, something like that, and we were getting nilled. And we hadn't made. I made a clean break as soon as I got on. And then second touch, I, I grubbed it through. Meg, somebody picked it up and scored on the stick. Yeah. I, like, Fuck, you know, I was like, "Get me in the paper." I don't even know where that's from. And I was. After about 25 minutes, I was hanging because I hadn't, I hadn't trained yeah. much, much for the last couple of weeks. Anyway, I finished finished the game off and then played again in this uh, played a game again the week after. Uh, went all right, played didn't do anything spectacular, but uh, played pretty well at centre and then did did a stint at fullback as well. And then that was it. They they offered me a contract. To be fair, but it was old school when I went up to uh, Glasgow trial game. Gets back in. After I said, what, what do you need for after the game? It's shoes, shirt, and, and trousers. All right, so I put my shoe on. It's like, 
brown envelope with 200 quid in it. Round envelope, two hundred quid, just for just yeah. for up there. Basically, pay, pay for my flight. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's good, and that's how I end up at, at Glasgow with, with Craig. So, <laughs> thing with Craig was that him and Anna, uh, his wife, they only just got married and moved up there. Right. So when when he was when he was playing, they both still lived at home. Because they were thinking about buying, and then they didn't end up buying. Then he got a contract at Glasgow, and he was he was up and down to Scotland playing playing international. And they thought, do you know what? We'll buy a house when we get get to Glasgow. We'll buy a house up there. So they still lived separately till they were married. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't have anywhere to live, so Craig he goes, "Yeah, you'll be all right." <laughs> well, it gets up there. They've only just got married. I'm sat there. She come, Anna comes home from work. Me and Craig on the Xbox been there like two hours. <laughs> She's like, will you get out? What the bloody hell's going on here? <laughs> get married. But yeah, no, they looked after me up there to be fair. And then they bought yeah. a house and I moved in and I moved in and rented a flat just below them. And, you know, they, yeah, good friends, uh, Craig and I. got lots to thank Craig for. He helped me out a lot at that time. Yeah. And so off the back of the, the political stuff you put up with and the dark side of rugby, mate, which it very much is, and it's not really gone away like you touched on. Does, does going up there on a trial just give you freedom? Is it just about enjoying yourself again? Because you'd yeah. have felt the pressures of that, Scott, wouldn't you? And... Yeah, I did. I did. But I, I think I'd also resign myself to the fact of it's, it, you're going to have to get a job here. Like, go up, see what you can do, and then anything else is a bonus. You know what I mean? Anything else is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, mate, to, 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 to stay up there for four years, you know, <laughs> My missus wasn't that happy, like, because she she got. Uh, we, I said to her, "Come on, we have to come up to Glasgow. We haven't lived together. We we've been together since we, we were kids at school." And uh, she'd finished the degree. She'd started a teaching job in Warrington, and I said, "Look, check the job in. Let's get up to Glasgow." She said, "Look, well, what I'll do is, I'll go for it." She'd only been teaching two years. She said, "I'll go for head of department. If I don't get it, I'll come up." Anyway, she got it. So it was like, what was I going to do? Like, she would, anyway, we said, right, what we'll do is we'll buy up, we'll buy up in Glasgow. So we bought up and she'd come up every weekend. Or if I played Friday night, I'd bomb back on it on a yeah. late Friday night and do the weekend. So, you know, we did it tough in terms of relationship wise. Um, but yeah, when she come up for a weekend, great weekends, you know, and you, you enjoy yeah. enjoying your stuff off the field and, Bit of security of having a longer term contract and that sort of stuff. I, you know, I picked up a couple of injuries really, really which was a bit disappointing because I, you know, I could have played a little bit more up there. I mean, I played uh, near enough, I think it was 80, 80 appearances for Glasgow in four years, which isn't a lot really. I missed six and a half months with a groin injury, I had a shoulder operation. Uh, you know, I had a bit of run of bad luck really, which I didn't. Yeah. Didn't help with the social scene and living on my own. And <laughs> yeah, no, I imagine, mate. Yeah. Having, having a midweek jaunt and uh, trying to get a Wednesday club together because I'm the only one not playing at the weekend because I'm injured. And <laughs> but yeah, no, mate, I, I yeah. really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. Myself and Beck enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, particularly uh, a little bit too much, maybe at times, uh, especially during injury. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was good times. And like you say, I was just thankful to to be in a club and still playing rugby. Um, which which was uh, a blessing in itself because it could have gone totally different. So time. when when you go in for the for the contract talk, then mate, is the fact that 
what's happened here in a couple of clubs before and make you stand your ground on a longer term deal? Or do yeah. you have to sort of sign a, a 12 or two year deal and earn the right for an option of a third or a fourth? Yeah, I, I uh, originally I signed a, a 12 month deal at uh, Glasgow. And it was down to me then, you know what I mean? Like right. I, played, I played the first six, seven league games that season and I did my shoulder and training. I had operations out for 12 weeks and then I got back, played played reasonably well. But they, from the first six or seven games of the season, they'd already sort of made the mind up like I was trying to rush back from injury. And they were like, look, don't just stress. Don't stress. We're going to offer you a contract at the end of the season. Don't. Don't push it too much so you don't get back to yeah. what you need to before you start playing and stuff. Which you do, you do at that time, you know what I mean? Like you, you put yeah. yourself to get back and uh, it's your livelihood. Like so, yeah, we uh, they offered me uh, two plus one then, like a two year deal and then an extra year yeah. if everyone was happy with it, which was you know mag- magic for me. Uh, and then we were able to get a mortgage, get a, get a, get the house bought, get a, we bought a house in St Helens. Um, and then we, we'd already bought a flat in Glasgow. We bought a house in St. Helens, took a, out the terraced house I got at Oro. At, uh, I still I was renting that out yeah. and then uh, took a bit of money out of that to put it put down on a house in St. Helens, which was going to be our our house when we got married and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, a bit of security just, you know, went a, went a long way for me. Yeah, a bit of peace of mind as well, mate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So, a couple of things, really. So, we'll start with, you mentioned you played a bit of fullback there, so you played in thirteen. You played a bit of which defensively, I imagine, yeah, is nightmare. probably one of the hardest places on the field. To be honest, yeah, because yeah, you've you've got to have that with your winger, but you've got to have a bit of belief in well, a lot of belief in your twelve and open your back row, push yeah, it, yeah, push it around, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then when you're playing fullback, mate, does the game just open up a whole new dimension for you? Yeah, mate, I, I really enjoyed fullback because you, you yeah. can see so much more from where, where you are at the back field. Uh, and uh I I would kick I would have uh, my run pass kick options were pretty good. I didn't I didn't uh I didn't, if it was under pressure I'd kick, I didn't do anything yeah. uh, all the time, you know what I mean? I'd still try and vary it and, and play what's what's in front. So I felt like I had more time there. Um, I played. <laughs> I did my, my uh, fullback career ended pretty swiftly at uh, when I went to Glasgow. I, I played a, quite a bit there, and then we played um, Ospreys at the old Swansea ground at St Helens down there. And uh, the uh, the nine jumps out and he does a flick ball right in the middle of the field he, on the halfway line. You know, like a Gregan pal. They call it Gregan, don't they? Yeah. Flicks it. Shane Williams comes round the side of the rock, picks it up, runs at me, and I'm stood in the middle of the field here. And Shane Williams has got thirty meters either side of me. He ran in a semicircle round me. I didn't lay. I didn't get anywhere near him, and he scored under the sticks. <laughs> so he's like, the, the coach is like, mate, you didn't even get. I was like, mate, what do you want me to do? He's like, yeah, you won't play fullback again. I was like, all right, for. for <laughs> So that was the end of the fullback thingy. But yeah, mate, I, I, seeing the picture from back there, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I felt I learned a lot of the game actually. Going back to Oral playing fullback there, I, I, learned, I learned the game again. Uh, Lee Inton made a living off me because he was on, he was on uh, on the wing, and I made him look good for years. Uh, so there's a f- there's a few lads uh, need to thank me really. Karen Thomas, I made all yeah. those when I was at Leeds. 
So he yeah. he always sent his tackles. He's he I've had two shoulder ops and he's he's never had uh, a bruise. I don't think. <laughs> so yeah, no, just, just tell him in, in, in your new shoes, just leave that envelope in there in the <laughs> yeah, shoes. Yeah. Good do. Good do. So when when you go into all these the like traditional grounds and that and playing against these clubs, mate, considering what you've had to go through, did you ever get a chance to sit back and go? This it was worth it. This is this is what it's about. Because you were on the fringes of the Scotland squad as well, which you've you've overlooked a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So well, the Scotland stuff. It was a bit disappointing, really. I'd played. I'd done the four years. You needed to be three years to be a resident. Um, yeah. And at the time, I, I'd sort of, um, I'd spoke to Leeds about coming back. Just, they were they were in the champ and trying to get up to the prem. Um, yeah. And I spoke to Leeds about coming back, and then I got selected for the Scotland A squad. And it, we didn't have any training session or anything. We didn't get together, but I was in the, I was selected in the squad. And then as we were coming up towards the back end of the season and starting getting ready for Churchill Cup, and we were starting uh, looking at dates for training and that sort of stuff. I, in the meantime, me and Mrs. had sold the flat in Glasgow. Yeah. We bought, we'd bought the house in in St Helens, and I was I was pretty much bang on to sign for Leeds. So I was I was I'd signed basically for Leeds, and then as the camp started coming closer, they said to me, "You resident, you're not classed as resident now because you've sold your house." I said, "Well, I said I'm renting with a, with one of the lads, so I'm still living in Scotland because I'm still working here. You know what I mean? So I've not moved anywhere. Yeah. I'm a resident." And I said, no, no, you need to have a uh, a house. In, I was like, anyway, I don't know. I, like, there was a, there was a second row who I had rented with, who was a Kiwi, and he'd only rented the whole time anyway. You know what I mean? He'd rented the yeah. whole time, and he went on the Churchill Cup, and he played in Scotland right. and stuff. And I was like, I just, you know, I think once I'd signed for Leeds, I think he, they didn't really want me to seeing their ass a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'd left, sort of not part of the, S- the SIU anymore. I think they sort of right. said, well, we're not going to take him now because he's not going to be helping us out anymore. But so that's how that come about. Should have just said it, mate, though, shouldn't they? Yeah, I'd rather them just say it. Yeah. There was yeah, a yeah. team manager, Kim Gray, she was awesome, our team manager. And she was like, I don't get it. I just do not get it. She's an Aussie, Aussie girl. And uh, she was like, I just don't get it. I don't work. Anyway, check the residency rules. Are you still living in Glasgow? Yeah. So you're living with Gray Morrison, this address, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, just said, oh, no, no, sorry, we, we can't take you now. I was like, just tell me if it's yeah. the other way. But, yeah, so, so yeah. I missed, missed out there. I missed out a little bit. I mean, well, looking back, I'm not that bothered about missing out playing Scotland A, if I'm totally honest. It could have led on to more. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to play in the Premiership. You know, I wanted to come back. Yeah. I was moving home. We'd had enough of travelling and seeing each other. Me and my missus travelling and seeing each other. I'd, I promised her I'd, I'd, I'd moved back to England in, in 2008 and we're getting married that summer and the house was had a load of work done to it. So we, we was ready to go, really. It wasn't... Uh, yeah. Didn't, didn't lose any any sleep over it, to be honest. Yeah. Did any of the <laughs> the like, the bigger clubs in the lower league try and tempt you with bigger money? And all the ultimate goals, like the, the Prem are minimum champ, isn't it? But you had quite local tides that were paying good money then weren't they so was it like the, no one ever approached you like the Waterloos or anything like that the files no. or anything like that no not really I mean 
No. I was still, it wasn't serious enough, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was still yeah. wanting everything to be full time rugby. You know what I mean? I went to, yeah, it was uh, Stuart Lancaster signed me for for Leeds. He, he was, he was, yeah. uh, I met him a couple of times and uh, he, he was, you know, you could see how intense and what, what a good coach he, he was going to be. So it was that sort of thing where full time going back. Back closer to home and being able to have another crack at the champ and and go up and that was pretty much the, that was the draw really. Uh, it would have been it would have been more money in staying in Scotland to be honest, but it was it wasn't really. Uh, it was time to to move back and uh, put some roots back in into St Helens. Yeah, move back home really. But uh, maybe we had some good good times at Leeds. We we won that uh, championship season. Then um, we trained our absolute nuts off. And like Neil Back come in, uh, well, Lanny Lanny left just after I'd signed, <laughs> but he sticks right. me up a little bit because uh, I'd had uh, my honeymoon booked, I'm getting married, and my honeymoon booked. And Stuart Lancaster's said, "Oh, your honeymoon's like right through August." It's like we had five days in, four days in New York, four days in Vegas, and then we had a week in uh, Bahamas. And yeah. um, he said, "It's a bit much that like for the, to get this deal over the line. I reckon we're going to have to knock that week in Bahamas off off your honeymoon. Like, like you know, you're gonna, do you want to speak to my missus then? Or I was going to say, but I went down well. Yeah, <laughs> so I said to her, look, I'm moving home. We're living together. We're going to have to knock this week off. The all right, sound." So she wasn't she wasn't best pleased. And I spoke to Lanny. I said, look, I'm done. Bahamas has been cancelled. We've got majority of our money back. We've lost that on the flights. Got all our money back for yeah. well, <laughs> All done. Let's get it signed. Sound. Signed up. Three weeks later, Lanny phones me. Mate, uh, I'm not going to get a chance to uh, to work with you. I'm, I'm going into uh, Head of England Academies. I'm leaving Leeds. I was like, <laughs> No, it was, anyway, it is what it is. It was one of those. I, yeah, I've reminded Lanny every t- every time I've seen him since. I've always said uh, he still owe me a week in Bahamas. You know that. You owe me Bahamas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now it's uh, a week in Paris will do, won't it? Yeah, they'll do. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that. But uh, I spoke. I coached uh, Lanny's lad actually at Yorkshire, so I, I've spoken to him quite a lot since. And uh, yes, yeah, uh, water under the bridge. But yeah, we. I mean, coming back playing in the championship, Neil back. Then took over with uh, Andy Key. Andy Key's a great bloke, great bloke. Neil Neil Back's intense, and they were they were good. They were a good duo. To be fair, they they Neil Back coming and said, "Right, no excuses. We are having a nine months preseason." Right, nine months. He said, "Yeah, every week we're going to flog here. We're going to get everyone. Everyone's fat, bit overweight. We're going to be fit for when we get, when we make the Premiership." Right, and it worked. Like, but it worked to the point of. We just about scraped over the line. Like we were miles clear early on. We we're smashing everyone. As the season went on, we were doing like we we're doing like proper like hundred percent. They called it hundred percent weeks where you'd train. Tuesday, yeah. train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Thursday, Friday would still be full on. Like and then playing on the Saturday. On the Saturday, and it we just about crawled over the line. But we we got there. We did do it. But um, at that point, everyone was in good shape. Like like after the rest. Yeah. And, Going back into the prem, we, you know, it was in good shape. But you know, it was good. We uh, we had a we had a cracking set of lads there, uh, some really good mates who I'm still still good friends with. 
and then we, we had a good season. Well, say a good season. We had some good highlights in the season in the league, in the league when we stayed up. We stayed up in the Prem one season, which was you know magnificent for the money, the sort of money we were, we were spending compared to everybody else, and how late it was in the day to to try and sign people. And it's like now, like you, even if even if yeah. a team went up, you'd struggle so much. Like if yeah, if Jersey went up and went into the Prem, they just they struggle because of it's so late in the day when you. Like everyone's done in February, everyone's done all the yeah. in February, March, and you're still playing in playoffs in May, and you don't know if you're going to be up, or you're going to be down. So and then you got to start recruiting. Yeah. Then it's, yeah. and your budget's probably here because you thought you were going to be here when actually you need it there now, and you're yeah. not going to make that gap, are you? And it's, yeah. uh, it's tough, but yeah, the season after we we had some some highlights. Um, we took it to the last day of the season where we needed to stay up, and we went we went some like. Uh, I think we were like 14 nil up at Franklin's Gardens after about 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to do this. Yeah. And then uh, they rolled, they rolled the six internationals off the bench. Nice. <laughs> after that, yeah, Laws, uh, Hartley, uh, some of those boys all, all, like, off the bench. On you come. And then we, we, got, we got beat. We, last play, we, we still had a chance in the last play. We only, we only lost narrowly, but yeah, that was a sad day. Tough, tough day to uh, to comprehend really that you weren't actually going to play Premiership anymore, and you back in the back in the champ where you know nobody nobody really wanted to be. But yeah, yeah it's uh, tough doing, but it was good. Like I say, experience of playing Premiership, playing in big ground, playing in big stadiums, playing against big teams, playing you know Leicester um, away, and you know playing playing at their ground, that sort of stuff. It's good, really good experience. Um, Playing at Glasgow, we had some cracking like traveling. You're either flying to Wales or you're flying to to uh, Ireland, or you know what I mean. You, you're you're in these yeah. big rounds all the time. And Raven Hill's stunning state, like atmosphere wise, night game, Raven Hill, Friday night. I never won there, but I love playing yeah. there. Loved absolutely love playing there. It was rammed and stand up for the Ulster men when the game could stand up for the Ulster men. Yeah. You're like, whoa, this is... This is yeah. The next best thing to faulty probably in it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> mate, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'd like to say, I never, never, never even won there, but I really, really enjoyed playing that just because the atmosphere yeah. and, you know, cold, wet Friday night. It's good. Yeah. It's stuff you miss when, you, when you're not playing anymore. And it's meant to be the stuff that you don't enjoy and it's the stuff you've enjoyed most probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you know when you're in that environment then, mate, when like the last few weeks of the year when every game's basically a cup final, isn't it? What does that What does that take to, to keep the focus and to stay positive? Because it must have been an hard, an hard situation to be in. Yeah, yeah. The one at Leeds, it was... Yeah. It was... You couldn't dwell on what had just happened, so it was like, get in, try and be fresh Monday morning. Like, don't dwell on what's just happened. We were close, we didn't win. It's try and put it to bed. Next, next job. You know what I mean? It was really, it was tough. It was tough, but we, like the season before, we we got out of it. We managed to beat London Irish away, <coughs> and we was all there when we were staying up. You know what I mean? So we, we there was still belief in yeah. us. We had belief in ourselves that we'd still come away with it. Like we had some class players playing for us and it was just uh yeah was, I think the belief was still there. It was just right, put that to bed. We've got to win this next one. And then you know, eventually you sort of run out of time, don't you? And it's yeah. uh, 
it's like a ton of bricks, but yeah. Imagine it is fine margin, Scott, isn't it? When you get to the business end of the year, mate, it can be a yeah, missed yeah. tackle, a missed throw, a drop kick. It, it's it, it's just the, the millimetres, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's kicks, mate. Sometimes it could be just yeah. as much as a kick, or it could just be That's it. a windy day. You know what I mean? A windy day, and you yeah. you like you don't play, you don't judge the conditions right, or you don't play the conditions right for for twenty minutes of a game, and the game's gone. You know what I mean? It's it's that intense. You don't if you get your, your judgment wrong for 10, 15 minutes in a game. You can see it now when it, in in the Premiership. You know, you, teams like Saracens against Sale. You know, they had a spell where. You just thought they had another gear and they just kicked on, didn't they? Like, it's just... Yeah. You know, it's an incredible beast. Like, but the game's that yeah. intense now. You, you have five, ten minutes slack or a sim, one simbin and can change your game now, can't yeah. it? Yeah, they don't get bored of staying in the game, do they? They're happy to stay in, in the fight with you for as long yeah, as it yeah, takes. Yeah. I think that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. They're happy to go blow to blow with you. They won't get bored of competing. Yeah. And and they know they've always got some extra. They've always got a, like yeah. a big player, a big play, or or somebody to come up with a big play, and they they've got that. So they, if they can match your energy and match your match your physicality, you know they they're, they're going to have something to to pull out the bag, which they seem to yeah. do all the time. And when you've got fans jumping at the bit and telling everyone else what what they need to be doing, they're, they're going to do it, aren't they? Still mad keen after everything he's won as well. Yeah, definitely. Compassion. So when when you. He's a different beast, than he? He's just yeah. simple as he, he. He's just not another one that'll just go with you toe to toe for as long as it takes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Great. Um, yeah. So when when you're at the at what point in your career are you starting to pick traits off people to form what you've gone on to do? So it was there ever a point where coaching become an option, and did yeah. you then start analysing people and stuff? So I was I would do quite a bit of my own analysis, self-analysis at Glasgow. I did quite a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd end up, I'd start to try and influence other people with what I'd seen just in and around, not just saying, right, I've watched this, I've seen this team and they do they do this, and why don't we have a look at doing this? And you know, just dropping ideas into into some yeah. of the into some of the senior players and that sort of stuff. Because I was still only been 20. I was 24 to 28, I was at Glasgow. So, you know, towards the end of it, I was saying, right, speaking to the coaches about stuff like that, you know, maybe we do this or maybe we have a look at this or what about this play and that sort of stuff. And then when I went to to Leeds, I actually, I led on quite a bit of the stuff in terms of um, watching what other team, how all the teams defend and how, how we should attack, that sort of stuff. So uh, because I lived in St. Helens, I used to get over to Leeds like we'd only be training at half nine, ten o'clock, but I just I'd leave the house at six, seven, get over there. There's sixty two's chaos in it, so yeah. just get there as early as good, and then I'd do all my revision, all the review stuff, either preview, review, and then I'd sit with Andy Key and we go through uh, like a next week's program and what what we need to try and touch on and work, what we need to play and how we need to do it. So, you know, that sort of insight into the game and. Uh, being able to do that, those hours whilst whilst still playing was was a godsend. So I started doing started doing that sort of stuff, um, and then I thought, you know what, it is something I want to do. And there was uh, Andy Northey, who I played at Saints with, good friends with him. He was uh, he was coaching at Macclesfield at the time, and he, he uh, I was telling him I'm thinking about getting into doing some coaching, maybe getting into some uh, schools and do a bit. 
And there's no schools in St. Helens really doing rugby union at the time. Yeah. I was to rugby league. So uh, he said, well, there's a guy, uh, head of rugby at Macclesfield, uh, head of rugby at King's School in Macclesfield. He, uh, he works at King's at Mac Rugby Club with me. And I said, all right, okay, well, what do you reckon put me in touch with him? Well, I said, yeah, yeah. So he's now, his name's Guy Mason. He was head of rugby at King's Mac. Anyway, I spoke to him a couple of times and met him. And I said, look, I'll come in Wednesday afternoon. I'll take a team or I'll do whatever you want coaching-wise. And, I'll, you know, I'll just do it because we generally had Wednesdays off at Leeds. Yeah. So I just did that on a voluntary basis just as the as uh, while I was still coaching and just, just to understand a little bit more about, um, about how you know, the development of younger players. Because I, I knew what I wanted to say and I knew what yeah. I wanted to show them, but it's like get, getting it to the right level of being able to to put it into kids' context and get, get them to do the right Language thing. in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was mad. It was mad. Anyway, so I, I realised I, I knew I wanted to get into the coaching, that side of it then. Uh, so I was trying to juggle the two with full-time rugby and, and doing a little bit. And then the, the King's Max stuff sort of, sort of grew a little bit more. Um, they wanted me to do as and when I could, and then they were, they were starting to pay me for it. And um, as it when I finished at Leeds um, in the championship, we mm-hmm. I, I went to file then filed uh, went to filed and did some community stuff with them. And um, I was playing that one for for filed, but also do I was doing three weeks, three days community stuff there, and I was doing two full days with Kings Mac. Uh, so it was a bit of a a good way of coming out of stuff, really. Still, still, still being able to play, enjoy the changing room, but you know, just finding a way, finding a finding a different living than actually depending on on playing. So five five were good to me in that sense. Uh, they looked after me in terms of I was helping them with the community stuff and still doing some coaching, but also getting paid to play and uh, getting some more money play, doing it for Kings Mac as well. So that's how I sort of fell in, not fell into coaching because I knew that's the path I wanted to go down. So yeah, yeah that was it was good that. You know that those two uh, establishments give me the uh, opportunity to do that. Yeah, like I say, it's transition, mate, and it that, that multiple levels really. Yeah, and then and then when I, I got yeah. uh, I got taken on more more and more responsibility at Kings Mac, and the the uh, guy Mason was asking me to do uh, the first team, and I sort of said to him, "Look, I'll do more hours and I'll do more days, but I want to go back and start with." the under-12s, and he looked at me, he's like, you're doing what? I said, mate, I want to go under-12s, and I want to stay, because what happens is, you stay with the same year, so you do under-13s, next yeah. year, you do under-13s, and you get, and I said, I want to do a development block, I want to do the under-12s, finishing under-16s, or going into first first team, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, all right, if you want to do that, I just said, I just want to see what the, what development looks like, what's the maturation of kids in that age, and how quick people can pick stuff up and you know that, that you know that sort of stuff yeah. so started real real basic back down I had kids in the under 12s like lads who'd never played the game and lads who'd played four or five years at Matt Rugby Club and they were all in the same group yeah. you working out how to coach different levels of uh, of play and you know it was good it was really good learning for me as a coach um, and then I went up all the way through with those lads at under 16s got had lads in sale sharks under 80 and uh well yeah they've been under 16s but then as i i left it under when the lads had got to under 16 when the lads were doing the gcse's going into sixth form that's yeah. when I, 
I got a role with Yorkshire Academy doing some development stuff for them. Um, yeah. But yeah, like massive eye opener. But I loved it, loved it, and I, you know, there's some parents. I still speak to parents and kid and lads who are now finished at uni. There's a couple of lads who have come to Sedgley and and uh, Sam Bingerson. He he rocked up after he'd finished at school rugby. Said, "Can I come? Can I come and play for you again?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Well, I'm only here for like six months, and I'm going to uni." He said, "But." Can I come and play? Anyway, he just come and rocked up and played for Sedgley for me. He's a ladder I had at under yeah. 12, you know what I mean? So, you know, building those, yeah. building those and forging those sorts of relationships, you know, it's uh, it's fantastic. Oh, it is. And I imagine you could probably get a bigger kick out of the kids that never really play that have gone on just to play, even if it's local club and they love it now. Yeah, yeah, the ones it. that were already sort of established, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Mate, we had, yeah. uh, we had a couple. Of, we had a, a German lad who had never played, okay. mate, and he ended up. Yeah. That was like under thirteen. He joined the school at under thirteen, and he was he was played. He never played. He went from the C team to the B team. They started playing in eighteen under sixteen, and it was unbelievable, mate. Yeah. As a, <laughs> we'd done some running, right? Oh, we'd done some running. He was only under 13s, 14s, and he hadn't he hadn't done an awful lot of running. And uh, <laughs> his English was it was it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's definitely better than my German. Anyway, we're walking back to the walking back to the changing rooms, and he got cramp right, and he's both calves, and we're walking up these stairs, and he didn't know what the word for cramp was, and I'm going, "What's up, mate?" He's going, "Oh, my legs are scrambled." <laughs> <laughs> like, the lads are killing themselves laughing because he didn't know what the word for cramp was. Yeah. Like. Oh, mate. <laughs> Scrambled, he's killing himself. Oh boy, boys were howling, laughing for for years. He still, he still, uh, still popped up. Any anybody, anybody yeah. got cramp. It was uh, his legs were scrambled, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> so, um, how does the expectations change when you when you step up then to Yorkshire, mate? What is is the is your idea and philosophy the same, just with a yeah, different I, set of kids now? Well, yeah, you 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 know you. Your ideas and philosophy are similar. You've just got um, a better quality of player you're dealing with. Yeah. But but the same in the same way, you've still got to remember the kids. Remember they've got stuff going on other than rugby. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. you've got umpteen other things going on in the mind and like you know away with the furries half the time. Some like young kids, young 17, 18 year old lads. We've got loads going on and you've just got to build those relationships again, you know, get them to trust you, get them to understand what, what you're trying to say, how you come, how you say it, you know, you're not trying to, um, you're trying to help them, you know, like make sure you yeah. know you're trying to help them. You're not trying to teach them this is the way to do it and that's it. You're trying to help them to become a, the best player they can be, you know what I mean? So, and that's the same as yeah. coaching the 12s as it is coaching aspirational under 18s and, you know, it, the the, guy, the kids that kick on are the ones that take a bit of ownership of their own development. Um, I think a big thing we did at Yorkshire was you, you bring your own, you, you pack your own file. You need a file for your meetings. You need a water bottle. Yeah. If you don't have those and you don't train, like you, you've got to, at some point, Fundamentals. start yeah. thinking about what I, what I need to develop. And you've got, we, you had full-time physio, full-time nutritionist, full-time, um, uh, we had a psychologist. We had seven or eight coaches, including SNC. You know, everything's here. Like, or you just say everything's here for you. This is all. All you've got to do is this. You got to bring your yeah. folder. You got to bring your kit, and you got to bring a water bottle. 
and then you can see lads right i'm in and then you you know you just you build a relationship and yeah again some good lads come through there uh joe carpenter who's diving up for sales yeah. now he, he was one of one of the first lads i coached up in uh in yorkshire dan lancaster who's he was he's playing at ealing i'm not sure if he's still there i think he is um you know so there's there's lads come coming through there who uh who good good players, you know, and, and you know, still have a good relationship with the lads who I went on to do the senior academy there, which are a bit older. So you, you then nine, you're like eighteen to twenty one year old. Um, some of those lads have come and played for me at Sedgley. Um, still speak to quite a few of them. A few out in Australia playing, you know. Some have pushed on and played quite a lot of championship, you know. So you know, it's good to see those lads kicking around and still playing and and enjoying the rugby and yeah, it, it's. It's like when you're playing, if you bumped into them in a bar, you'd have something to chat about and you'd have a good beer, like a couple of beers with them. Yeah, not if we'd have a bar. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so what... Not your argument, right, does... <laughs> I believe that... I don't know, I believe the take. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where does your coaching journey go from there, mate? Is it... Are you happy staying at that age group? Do you want it? Was the ambition always to coach a men's senior team or no? I've just I was uh, really enjoyed the development side of it. I uh, really enjoyed seeing uh, young lads like find the way in terms of like I said, you've got GCSEs, A levels. You know, you've got plenty going on, and <clears throat> lads managing to to still turn up, train hard. You know. And, and then go away, study hard. You know, I really enjoyed the development side of it. And I thought, I pretty much thought that's probably where I was going to stay for, for a while. Um, then COVID come, took me, yeah. took us away. We, Yorkshire County, you sort of just ground to a halt. Um, money, money went out of that again, that sort of thing. Um, I just sort of come away from it. And it's, I, I was doing Yorkshire County and I was doing Sedgley at the time. And then the said the Yorkshire stuff sort of dwindled away. I took on a bit more with Sedgley. There's me, there's a group of us coaching between us. Um, then all the rugby stopped and I started working in uh, telecoms. Uh, there was only, there's only infrastructure still had, uh, still had jobs going. So um, yeah. my, my, my brother's brother-in-law um, worked in telecoms and I, I spoke to him and uh, another guy, Mark Flanagan, who's uh, played at Saints. I, yeah. I was good mates with him through Paul Wallens, really, because I'm still good mates with Paul Wallens. So I know like John Wilkie and Mark Flanagan, lads who, who were playing at Saints who, who were well at the time because I'd end up having a beer with them in uh, Liverpool or Nutsford or whatever. And yeah, I spoke to uh, Flash's dad was director at this uh, WHB Telecoms and I just said look yeah I'm done I'm out, out of a job really I'm part time Sedgley coaching uh, and he's, they, they looked after me for a bit you know he got me uh, some infrastructure yeah. some working on some telecom uh, the 5G masts and that sort of stuff is uh, oh I, yeah I hope that it was yeah uh, but then yeah when I was doing that um, a mate who I played with before Lee Blackett who was head coach at WAS. He phoned me and said, look, we're, we're back up and running. Um, we've got a senior academy um, transition coach 
post coming. So it's like you got you'll be in charge of the backs moving into into the first team. There'll be first team squad members, but you'll pick up their extras and you'll do that sort of stuff. Do do the individual development plans with them and that sort of stuff. And you know, it was one of those where right, I'm in. Like <laughs> Uh, yeah, right up your street as well. That, yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Dropped on like he was, uh, and then at that point, I started taking on a bit more responsibility at Was as well. I was sort of doing uh, first team centres. I was uh, the positional coach for the first team centres, uh, which was which was class because I'd just end up doing individual development plans for those lads. You know, like Jimmy yeah. Gopeth, Malachi Fekatoa. You know, you're sitting down and you're saying, right, what do you want to work on? How many times are we going to work on it? Let's do it together. When are we doing this? Let's do let's do your video. You know, those sorts of guys are doing that with and do, doing it with the senior academy lads at the same time as well. Um, it's been it was great and I, I really enjoyed it. At the same time, I said to Sedge, look, I'm going doing this at Wasps and I'm gonna really struggle to to keep it on. And it it was like it was tough going, like, and then they were like, Jeff. Who's been really good to me anyway? Like Jeff and the club are just like, you know, we've got Johnny Rodham, Dave Lives, Steve Breers. What? Let's do it. Do what you can when you can, really. And I was like, mm, not sure, not sure. Like, anyway, Missy just said, just do it. Just do it. Like you love, you love it. Said, just do what you can and see where we go. Anyway, thankfully, I, I did. Because <laughs> otherwise, when Wasp goes, I'd have been left left with completely nothing again. Yeah. But you don't. You Back don't. Flash it, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have been. I would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. Actually, think the the team leader, uh, who was who was at WHP, a guy called Neil Roberts, um, he was great with me, and he, he showed me the ropes. And um, there was uh, a, another bloke called Roy. I invited him down to a watch game. I took him yeah. to a watch game and said, "Look, thanks for everything you did for me. Like I, I was out yeah, and yeah. I didn't really know what I was what I was doing, but." Uh, I took it, took uh, Neil down to wash game. And as soon as the wash thing finished, he phoned me and said, mate, do you want to come back? We'll have you back straight away. And I was like, such a relief, you know, we're in the same position. Yeah. Back to square one. When am I going to get a job? Anyway, yeah. um, he, he was sound. They've been sound in WHP and that. But uh, yeah, I'm just so glad I kept Sedgley stuff on. It was, it was um and iron. I'd leave the house at half four on a Thursday morning. Um, I'd Get down to watch for a staff meeting at six. Uh, yeah, six fifteen. We we'll have a staff meeting at six fifteen. Uh, we'll do the first review session at seven, and then I'd uh, leave there at like four thirty. Get to Sedge for seven. Finish here at like nine. Get home for ten, and then we back down back down to watch on a Friday for a non twenty. Uh, a quick cuddle and then back. There. Yeah, back down to what? So do you know when when you're in that environment with with them athletes at at Wasps and maybe because of the um, because of the versatility of people, so you'd have had maybe the dog woos who could play 13, yeah. Yeah. 14, 15. Yeah. How do you cater for for that? Is it a week by week process or because one week he'd have been playing thirteen, wouldn't he? Yeah, and, yeah. And the week after he'd be on the wing. So how would that work? I would uh, we they'd be put into groups of centres or wings, and then if he's even if he's even if he's playing on the wing, I did quite a, quite a bit of work with him trying to get him to just maybe have a, a little bit of a, more deception with the ball because he's good carrier. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, everyone knew he was just going to carry, so it was either getting him to get his catch and pass a bit better, yeah, maybe have, maybe be able to slide it 
through on his foot and zip round somebody, you know what I mean, and be able to put, yeah. put a little kick in here and there. So we, I'd sit down individually with all those players. Like Sam Spinker worked worked hard with his now at um, Western Force. He's went gone out to yeah. me. He's playing at Western Force. Ollie Hartley as at Saracens worked really hard with him. Um, he, he's he's a good kid. Um, we. Uh, What's his... Because don't forget it, Saints, mate. You've grew up watching some great centres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then, and then as as you have you started your career off your own path, having walked away from a local lad's dream, you've had your Jamie Lyons, your Matt Gidleys, no, like no. Eddie Gard, right? Look at Eddie Gardner's quality operator, but when he's got that inside, he, his work's basically done, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But well, some people you can't. You can't teach everyone a Gidley, can you? Not everyone's got a Gidley in them. So no. that's where you that's where you come in and show them the little traits. If it's not the back door pass or go around the back of the defender, it's the footwork you can show them. Yeah. If they've not got the footwork, it's it's the back door yeah. pass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's just like it, not everybody's got that. Just because they're at that level doesn't mean it's a given, does it? it that, no, no, certainly not. It's job I, to bring the best out of them. I think with the idea of having positional coaches is... You can hone in on what what's what that player wants. So you you were like I would sit down with Paolo or sit down with Ollie Hartley and say, right, what do you want to work at? What do you think you what do you think your best trait is? We need to keep working on that. And what do you want to improve yeah. on? And we'll work on that. And then you put time. Like I'd go out with a list as the first two sessions going on. I'd have a list in my pocket for right today. I've got Ricky Massey, Ricky Massey White. We've got passing. Um, Paolo Doggy, we've got passing and we've got kicking with him, kicking with him. And then I'd, I'd get out after after training and go, stay out, you're, you're, you're with me, you're with me, you're with me, you're with me. And we'd just get in. Yeah. Or we'd, I'd say, centre session, following training, put it, in, put it in the group. This is what we're doing. And then they come and we, we get some uh, get some reps done. And like you said, they're, they're at the top of the game. Some of them are at the top of the game, but yeah. there's no substitute for, for training and rep, repping stuff out and you know practising it. Uh, even even at the very top, everyone's doing it, and the best trainers, your Jack Willis, he's out there the longest, and it's not coincidence. Yeah. That he's carving up now, you know what I mean? He, he's a competitor. Yeah, he works hard at his game. His best bits, he works really hard at. His his bits in his work on, he, he is incredibly hard on himself, and he works, you know, really hard all week. And it, you know, you can see you can see the way, um, the way it's coming out for him now, playing playing uh, until he's and playing for England. That's it, mate. So how do you go from that environment? And again, you're pretty lucky. It didn't put you off. You've 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 been quite unlucky in them situations, mate. I mean, yeah, in in clubs that you don't expect it as well. To be quite honest with Wasps, isn't it? And all yeah. you've come to expect the unexpected, <laughs> probably. I mean, you mate. Yeah, I have. Yeah. How how do you get that buy-in from lads at Sedge? And how did the Sedge first team coach thing come about? Yeah, so so with with doing the sedge stuff, like I was, I've been here four years, but three seasons, so it feels a bit party because like we did we did COVID season, and we didn't quite we did a season before COVID and didn't quite finish the season. Then we missed a full yeah. season, and then we've done I've done two since that. Now in the in those in those first two, I was I had another like proper job. Well, my wife's done yeah. a proper job. Neither was my dad. But uh, the, the, you know, they said I would be, I would 
still be head coach, but you got you got to realize that these lads are still doing it for enjoyment. Yeah, they get paid a little bit of pocket money, but you know the electricians, the grafting all day, the working in telecoms warehouses, the the working at you know different venues, you bricking or the labouring or the teaching, yeah. or, you know, and then you, so you got to make it enough that they want to come, good like a good enough session that they want to come, but good enough that they're still going to get better as well. And I've been really yeah. lucky that like, when I first came on, we only had like 11, 12 lads. The second team was very distant. We didn't, there was no connection there. And what, what we managed to grow over the, over the four year, well, three seasons is we get 30 plus lads every Tuesday and Thursday now. And you can see people, lads developing, lads getting better. You know, we're able to go ones and twos against each other quite a lot and make it really competitive. People, people who are working hard, they still want to be competitive. If they didn't want to be competitive, they won't be at a rugby club. You know what I mean? So you got to make it. Yeah, you can't just rock up and play touch, and then everyone goes away, and it's like mm, I've burnt a few calories. We're at a level yeah. that we're at a level where we're competitive. We want to win stuff. Let's let's crack on and do it. Like let's everyone buy into it. And I couldn't like I've got a group of senior lads. You know, well, you know the Rileys yourself, don't you? Like the senior yeah. lads. The senior lads I've got here, you know, the the, the class, like we, they set the standard in training. They have a good laugh off it. They go out with the lads. They all have the court sessions and they all do whatever they want to do, yeah. and, you know, and, and they play hard. But in terms of when when the stuff's not going well on the pitch and, you know, you, you just rely on those lads. You've got, I've got a group of 31 to 35, 36-year-old lads who have been here a long time. They know what the club's about. They're, I've learned loads often about what the club's about. I feel I know what, 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 the, what the club's like now. And, you know, the, the lad, young lads coming through, we've got a good group of 20 to 24-year-olds who, I said, are quite aspirational. They want to play higher. They want to rip in. And they, they have good fun on a Saturday night in Manchester, but Tuesday comes, whatever you do, you've got to be on it because the standard yeah. is set by those senior lads every week. And, you know, it's, it's fantastic to have, to have that input. And, you feel like you've got, I've definitely got the backing of him, but we're also like many coaches out there on the field. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not yeah. feel like barking at everyone all the time. Like if there's a load of drop ball, I don't have, I don't step in and stop the session. Uh, Matt will do it or, or Bob will do it. And they'll just go, hold on a minute, lads. But what, what are we doing here? Like, I, and that's so much better for me. I can concentrate on that and get, getting the session right. Make sure it's competitive. Make sure it's enjoyable. Make sure, we're getting better, and and I think you know. Luckily, we, we we've done a decent job so far as as a group, and we're looking forward to the next season. Really, I mentioned being in your early twenties now, being at sets because the likes of Matt and Piggy and Ben, and probably a few others, mate, that I don't really know a lot of, but they've seen the the other times, haven't they? When they were they were struggling yeah. to get Team first fifteen, never mind yeah. the bench and a second team, yeah. So imagine the way you're thriving and climbing the ladder now, being able to come in at that time. Yeah, mate, it must be like yeah. the best place to be at the minute. <laughs> it, it, like I said, it, it is because those those young lads as well. Like, we it's probably a good thing we didn't go up last season when we were, when we were battling it out with Hull. Yeah. You know, I don't think if we'd have gone up, we'd have been like rabbit in the headlights and we, we'd have been a little bit undercooked, I reckon. So you got like. Jacob Tanzi, uh, you got Connor James, 
Oscar, Crow, Reese Henderson, all these lads who have got another year of playing a lot of rugby at National 2. And they know, they know they're good enough and they, they've got confidence now to go into National 1. In that 12 months ago, if we'd have done it then, I still feel we'd have been a bit undercooked and we wouldn't have quite yeah. had, quite had enough in, in the squad to, to compete. But I can't wait to go up now. Like the lads, the lads are aspirational. The older guys have, have been around long enough to know that it is something special to go up. It is something special to play in National 1 because it's been a long time since we've done it. So those, those lads... Yeah. Still chomping at a bit, and then the young lads, you know, the the aspirational, as I've already said, and it, they want they want to crack on, and um, hopefully we'll give a good account of ourselves. We'll, we'll get back into pre-season. Like the the lads are still going out, then still going out on a Saturday night together. They're still turning up. There's eight, nine of them turn up on a Tuesday night to do the the concert. Uh, the con have sent out sent some conditioning sessions out there, turning up, doing weights and conditioning together. Not run by me. I, I'm not running any of it. You know, some of the old lads, Jamie Harrison, for instance, he runs the gym session. That, that's He said, I'm going to be in the gym. Who wants to come and do this with me at this time? Eight, nine lads rock up. I'm doing a skill session tonight. Just put in the group. Anybody fancy skill session? I'm, I'm at the club anyway. Yeah, eight, nine lads rock up. It'd be a, it might be a different eight, nine. might be the same. You know what I mean? So we've got lads who just, they want to, want to get better. They want to play for the club. Yeah. And like you say, it's a, it's a cracking place. Just a buzzing culture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. just a buzzing culture. Yeah. Um, so just a couple of things. So I'm not saying Seds think they're too good for it, but maybe if lads are looking, as I'm not saying you're a step, stepping stone, but obviously Nongway's been snapped up and need a young prop. Yeah. Like, there is a base there, isn't there? Like, yeah, the yeah. eyes are on you. Like, if you really want to impress and can keep getting into your team. Yeah. You, there is there is options and pathways there is, yeah. in the mate. Yeah, yeah. and because I've been in the game a long time, I've got a lot of people who I know in the championship. You know, other coaches who follow me. What do you think of him? What do you think of that? What do you think of him? Prem like prem coaches like that's how Northampton think come about the ladder I played. I uh, played with it to Leeds. James Craig is forwards coach at Northampton now, and he phoned me and said, I've been hearing about this prop. What do you think? And I was like, Oh, no, mate, he's terrible. Just stay away from him. <laughs> you don't need him. You don't need yeah. him. And he's like, No, seriously. I said, Mate, honestly, get him to come down for a bit. Like, just let him come down yeah. and look at him. Have a look at how strong he is, how much he wants it. You know, you can tell him. Yeah. Matt Gallagher, he went to Hampton last year. Hampton, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he went down. I got he ended up he was supposed he was doing a day a week with wasps, doing getting his throwing better, getting uh some more professional coaching into him. Um obviously that's not materialised. He's ended up he's come back to he's gonna play for Caldy. Caldy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah. He's going Caldy this year. So yeah, you know, last two years we've had lad, one lad to the championship, one lad to the premiership, you know. And and that's part of our that's part of mine and Johnny's Johnny's job to get them as, as good a player as they can be. And if that means they can play higher, then, you know, good luck to them. Like, yeah. yeah. Go and crack on and, and, and have a go at it. You know, I, I, I dare say we, we, we might lose one or two more down the line. You know, we've got lads who have a good season this year. They'll definitely get snapped up. You know what I mean? If if we're having yeah. a decent season and they're playing well, and you know, they'll definitely get snapped up. Which, you know, last season uh, we lost... Danny Openshaw moved away. Will Lee's retired. He was he was our best back rower last season. Um, Danny was our nine. Matt Gallagher was our hooker. And you think, oh, everyone's like, oh, what are we going to do? We've lost the spine of our team, blah, blah, blah. We've got lads come in. 
Jacob Tanzi, gone well at nine, got better, really improved as the season's gone on. He's going to kick on again next year. Adam Mallinson's come in. Danny Mayer's got fitter. He's started playing better again. And, you know, we've got lads who are coming in. Tane Bentley come in. He did a job for us in the back row. Um, George Bordill, he come from, he he's the lad I coached previously um, at Sandbach when I was, I was there for a brief time when I was at King's Mac. Um, yeah. So, like I said before, mate, it's all about making relationships and people enjoying the rugby. And, you know, it comes back to you, you know, like George Bordell phones me, I'm moving back down from Scotland, can I come play? You know, of course you can. Yeah. You're a class player. That's the beauty in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a good kid. Just, yeah. You know, down here. And he's, he's gone really well for us. And, you know, it's not saying it, some of those lads, if they play well this season, they, they might go up again to the championship if they want yeah. it. But, you know, in the meantime, they've they've all got careers, they've all got jobs, they're all working hard. And, you know, it, if they get the opportunity to play full time, then it's uh, it's going to have to be a good deal for them to jack the job in and go and do it. You know, it's yeah. But yeah, no, mate, we're we're in a good place. Um, we've got good people, backroom staff. We've got low like the S and C, uh, the physios. You know, they do get like looked after the lads, and it it just it's just in the right people in the right places, mate. And, and uh, everyone wants the same thing, and and luckily we've got that at the moment. Yeah, so how do you how do you keep everyone happy when you don't really have to change your team a lot? You don't. <laughs> it's like winning's a good habit, isn't it? Yeah, like losing I, I, can become an habit. Unfortunately, you're on you're on the better side of it. But is it is it a tricky thing, mate? Keeping everyone happy because it's still yeah. you still want to play, don't you? You've just said you go to work, you you do all these things, but the ultimate ambition is is to start on a Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and and uh, since we since I brought Steve Breers in to, to run the twos, um, and you know the, the twos have got stronger. The players in the twos are now pushing the ones. The ones are having to get better to keep the position, and you know it, it the competition. You know it breeds ambition between us. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. this year is going to be more difficult because I need a bigger squad just to to, to compete with the. Uh, Sort of the the size of the players we're going to play against, like they, they, it is different, different league, different are, demands, and it bigger, yeah. faster. Um, so we're going to need to rotate, lads. We're going to need to be a bit more savvy in our selection. But I don't think we can go same squad every week. And when you're winning, it's easy to do that. It's easy to go same squad. Yeah. Lads who are not playing understand that. Well, we haven't lost, so why is he going to change it? Don't get me wrong. I've got a queue of lads waiting for me after training, saying why am I not playing. How can I get better? No can... problem, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah mate. I, and I'd rather I'd rather lads be doing that than going off and just slagging me off and saying, "Oh, it's your shit house. He won't speak to me or whatever." You know what I mean? I I'll have time for anyone, mate. I'll sit and chat and I'll I'll, get, I'll help you to get better. Um, as I've done with other lads already, you know, who uh, Greg Morgan started to show some first team promise at the end of the season. He played twos all year. Like he's he's looked after his own development in terms of his fitness and his conditioning away from the club. His body shape's changed. He's he's going to be like a new addition for us. He's going to be like a new signing for us next season, the way he's, his, body's changed, his body shape's changed. And, you know, he's he's played twos all year and he's he's seen the level what he needs to get to and he's seen the level of what we're playing at. And he, he's, he's a good chance. He's, he's a perfect example of how to push into, into the first team. And, you know, he, he uh, good luck to him. I think he'll have a good season this year. 
and stuff up my head. I've no doubt everyone's pulling in the di- right direction and ambitions are high, aren't they? So, got some daft questions for you, Scott, if Go that's mate. all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, any pre-match superstitions? Um, I had been on toast for about 15 years, but I didn't realise really, really superstitions. <laughs> just, uh, I knew... Through injuries and stuff, I'd always have uh, like anti flams and you know, you're just getting through games every now and then. So I, I knew if I had beans on toast, I wouldn't be ill or I wouldn't be feeling sick from it. So don't get me wrong, I tried like cheesy beans every now and then and chili the beans. But yeah, my, my generally, I, it wasn't really a ritual, just something, I don't know, it was just, uh, I didn't go mad if I didn't have it. But I, I you, know, you know, in hotels, it's always going to be there, it's always going to be available. Like yeah. in your own house, you guys, you got it solid. So I'd have, pre- I'd have a pre-match meal, beans on toast, and I'd also have my boot, my, my socks folded over properly, my shirt tucked in, looked uh, well presented when I when I'd run out. That was pretty much it when I was playing. Right, so you're fuming at Matt for having them round his ankles. Oh, no, he's always, <laughs> always had it. So, yeah. <laughs> so you might not remember who they are, but you might remember who they've played for but the toughest player you've played with and against, bearing in mind the definition of toughest is different for everybody. Toughest. Artist in terms of wouldn't never like to fight him as Vili Matautia. Oh, yeah. science, mate. He, I seen him punch a bloke and he was knocked out before he hit the floor, this kid, and he, he threw this uppercut and it just missed the lad's nose as he was falling from 12 till 6, like, and he just went, woof. And this uppercut, I, I think if he hit him, he took his head clean off. But Vila was, he was aggressive, but such a lovely bloke off it. Like, you see him laughing, giggling, he's a nice lad. Uh, probably toughest in terms of uh, rugby toughness. Ooh, it's quite a few. Uh, Kelly Brown. Kelly Brown, yeah. John Petrie, those sort of back rows in Scotland who were played with, they, they were tough. Um, played against, I don't know, the scariest one I've ever had was Xavier Rush, remember? He's an yeah, eight. from Cardiff. Yeah. yeah. We had a 22-metre dropout and uh, we booted it. Straight to him, I said to Dan Parks, I said, Parks, you don't kick it to Xavier Rush. <laughs> Boomed it, sliced it straight to him. He had a, about a 45 meter run up straight at me, and he sort of looked at me and pointed at me. And I thought, and it was the first time I thought, I'm in trouble here, like yeah. pants. Anyway, I sort of, as he came, as he came, I sort of dropped to the floor and grabbed an ankle, like speed bumped him and took him down. But I absolutely shot myself. He was a uh, he was a tough he was he was a good player like his carrying ability was unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah I think that'd be it for toughness. Right. Your favourite away ground? Oh Ravenhill. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I said before, didn't I? Like it was it's yeah. tough, tough place. You knew you was in for a scrap. You knew if you were going to win there, it would it would be ugly and it would be just through sheer grit because they they do not they don't like losing the. Um, but yeah, just the atmosphere, colder, like you know, when you see yeah, colder coming out of your mouth and you're running out of the pitch, and then there's like the scrum packs down and there's steam coming off them. Steam, and, uh, yeah, yeah. it's great, just a good, good, good ground, really good ground. Yeah. So, if you could go back and tell a younger you something from what you've learned, what would it be? 
barring stay at Worcester for another year? Uh, probably take school a bit more serious. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. And my kids know what I was like at school. I told them, I said, look, I messed around, didn't do enough, but you, you've got to do it. Because even when uh, my first year, I would have been 40, when, what, 41, when Wasp when was went. And uh, we went to WXP and they said, uh, did you get your, uh, what GCSE did you get? And I was like, 41? I didn't think oh, you the last round. I it was frightening. I asked you for GCSEs, I was 40 odd. I was like, oh. So not many of them. I got yeah. <laughs> I got a few of those, but yeah, uh, yeah. So work harder because he still comes back to bite on the ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just I, I mean, I dust around, didn't do enough, but uh, yeah, we'll work, work a bit harder at school, definitely. Everything happens for a reason, though, doesn't it? It's yeah. it's worked out thankfully, and you're enjoying life and that. But yeah. So a call to karaoke song, mate. If the mic ends up in your hand, uh, it's dignity. Deacon Blue, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dignity, Deacon Blue is, is generally uh, generally the go-to. I've done uh, anything else. Oh, Kenny Rogers, Gambler as well. I've done that in the past. Like like a bit of that. Solid. Yeah, good options. So, if you're willing to, mate, a one to fifteen that you played with over the years. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I struggled. I did a one to fifteen because obviously it could be union, but mate, this. Yeah. Obviously, rugby league lads like Wello and Scully, Longy, Cunningham, all those lads like uh, different chips. But in terms of rugby union, uh, well, a few of them played for Preston that year, didn't they? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was in the news, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were going to play there. Um, so props when I was playing, I didn't appreciate them as much as I should. Yeah. Like, as a back, right. you don't really know what the job is, but now you're coaching and you see what they do, and you know, I. Props wise, I used to think, oh, they're just just fat backs, really. You didn't really get a, much of a much of a go at skill yeah. or whatever. But um, like Tony Window was, a, was an old school. Lou said when I got to uh, Worcester, he, he was at Gloucester. He called him Reg. Uh, I met him low as he works at uh, Bromsgrove um, private school now. He works at Bromsgrove, but uh, he was uh, he, he was just just a great bloke. Like they sound really quiet it's called reg i only knew him as reg and then about 10 games in i was like look to the back of the program tony window it's like who's tony window <laughs> sat next to me it's making a clown i was like oh so, sorry reg. i didn't know you still tony window. Yeah. <laughs> good guy um got on with him really well so tony window lou said probably i had a couple of good hookers um in my time, Scott Lawson, who played Glasgow uh, yeah. and Gloucester, uh, Rob Rawlinson, he, he was a tough player. We were about toughness before. Steve Thompson obviously played played with him at Leeds as well. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go, probably go Barney Scott Scott Lawson. Uh, um, props uh, tight head, probably Glasgow again with you uh, and Murray and Murray Lowe. There were, there were young lads coming through at the time. You and Murray was solid as anything in a scrum. Um, Murray Law was just about coming through, and he went on to Exeter and played really well. And cracked on the um, second row. Newman at uh, Ospreys. Not played Northampton. Played at Ospreys. 
and played uh, played at Glasgow with me. Um, John Pendlebury, I'm good mates with. He's uh, head of the England under 18s at the moment. He, he, he would probably get in the second row. He was a tough character. Mate, he trained tough as well. Like if you're going near Penny and full contact training, you were getting stitches or you're getting stood on or you, yeah, just one of those who just hurt you. Um, six, Alfie Tawala. Don't even remember it. Alf, big Alfie Tawala. He was uh, he was in cracking shape. Played with him at Oral. Uh, he was unbelievably dynamic and just, he was an Islander, his carrying was unbelievable. Um, Henry Faree at seven, he, mate, he would, he played for England, he was playing for Leeds and we were getting relegated and he, he was still getting picked for England, he was at Safa, but he getting picked for England, went went on tour with England. He'd just, he'd be in a mall and he'd be the last one to join it and then all of a sudden he'd run off the other end of the field with the ball. With the like, ball, yeah. Is that, how on earth is he doing that? He was incredible. Uh, Nick Easter at eight, so probably with yeah. Laurel. Steve Suyalo at nine, scrum half, was outstanding scrum half, uh, playing playing for Samoa when we was at Oral. Uh, really good, really good, good lad as well. Um, tens had a few good tens. Phil Jones mentioned before. Dan Parks played with Karen Thomas, who played yeah. with, with uh, probably in terms of. Playing some of my best rugby with with, with Kyron because I was allowed to. He, he would do a lot of the kicking, but I, I would do a lot of the organising of our attack and stuff. So, Kyron, Kyron was good to good to play with. Um, wingers, Tom Biggs. Yeah. Tom Biggs I've had Biggsy on. Have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Biggs, yeah. Biggs was kind. He played one year with him at Leeds, but he was incredible. He went to Bath after yeah. that and carved up there. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I've got Big Z and Roy Lamont on the wing. Yeah, yeah, Roy's Roy's incredible uh, athlete. Uh, got cut short a little. He's bit. like Bruin's a bit of a like a like a clone of him, isn't he? A bit Van der Meer, where he's yeah, very yeah, much yeah. a Sean Lamont type winger, yeah, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Andy Craig at thirteen, basically because yeah, he helped me out and. Uh, he, he was he's a try scoring machine, loves loves to try. Uh 12, I had Gray Morrison played at Glasgow with or Wade Kelly. They were both really good 12s in the, in their own right. Graham's a big, strong, powerful uh centre, played quite a lot for Scotland. Wade was a uh, little nuggety Aussie who just belted people like he, way above his weight. He, there wasn't much to him, but he cut people in half. He, he was classed. Um, and then uh, fullback, I've got John Goodridge played with him, Hints have played with uh, Lee Hinton, and uh, probably sorry, yeah. So, so Sean Lamont on one wing, and then his brother Rory on the on the, the fullback. Yeah. So Sean Lamont on the wing and Rory at fullback, yeah. Decent crew, that quite a few few jocks in there, but uh, yeah, a few Islanders, a few jocks, good mix actually. Yeah, no, well, that's it, mate, and it? it's all about the character, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Petrie, I put Alfie Tuala in, instead of John Petrie. Now, John Petrie was, uh, he's actually director of rugby at Ulster at the moment. He was the first Scott, like he was captain of Glasgow when I first went. And he, he even made me hate the English. Like he was that passionate. <laughs> it was that passionate and got really into it. I was like, 
yes, let's go do them. Like, you you may have to tip a girl. Playing Saracens in the American Cup and stuff, and he he would be like, let's get stuck. And I'm like, I'm with, I am with you. Like, he was one of those blokes. Yeah. You knew he was he was first into the battle anyway. Like, he would be in there first. And the way he spoke and how passionate he was, I was like, right, I'm in with this bloke. I'm in all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hating the English. No, it's funny. Good. Yeah, no. I enjoyed that. You've been listening to Trot the Eggin. Thanks to our sponsors, Bardell Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Trot the Eggin and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.